tonight, one man hopes to implement the final phase of his royal plan. King Mabel will be the next World Wrestling Federation Champion. <laughs> the reigning WWF Champion, running on high octane, is determined to set that plan aflame. I'm gonna come at you with a blowtorch and your kingdom soon, Armageddon. Tonight, one man still suffering the shame of a most humiliating defeat hopes his demented dentist can extract revenge. SummerSlam, Hitman, your career is terminal. <laughs> but this so-called patient claims to be mastered in the art of dentistry as well. I know you like to pull out teeth, but I like to knock them out the old-fashioned way with this. Tonight, one man has foolishly entered a cryptic world of shadows and darkness. Undertaker, I've taken your earth! After the casket match, will he ever revel in the land of the living again? I will put you in a casket and steal your soul. And tonight, as the intercontinental belt dangles high above the ring, one man hopes to climb the ladder and recapture gold. Everybody knows what happened last time. One man has designs on reaching the highest echelon of excellence. The Heartbreak Kid is gonna climb that ladder and stake his claim as the greatest athlete in WWF history. Tonight, these WWF superstars must all face the heat as supersized Tridex Pads present WWF SummerSlam. Welcome, wrestling fans, to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Bobby Fisher, and on the line with me, as always, is my co-host, Leith Gray. Hello. Hey, everybody. And if you're joining us today, we're actually going to be watching SummerSlam 1995 as part of our uh, August watch list. So, uh, we're going to be watching this on, uh, we both got it queued up on our respective PlayStation 4s. And you should be, if you're going to watch along with us, just make sure you're past uh, whatever ad that the WWE Network is throwing your way. And you just want to be on the triple zero timestamp. should just be a completely black screen. We're going to dive into that, but uh, before we dive into that, we of course want to take a minute to promote where people can find us on the internets. Leith, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at pariah underscore lane, uh, P-A-R-I-A-H underscore L-A-Y-N-E. Um, I have an Instagram that's like Leith underscore gray, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I just started a Redbubble, which is actually Helena question or Helena underscore question. Um, just some little teeny bits of art stuff up there nothing like mm -hmm. crazy but a couple i had enough people request it so it's there <laughs> <laughs> all right well very cool uh if you want to help support the show you can check out coffee.com i'm not really sure how to pronounce it i've heard it both ways but it's ko-fi.com forward slash the wrestling time machine any sort of uh, donation you can make, it helps out a great deal, and it goes right back into the show. It helps us, uh, you know, 
do things with the show and make sure that we can get things like cool guests, like our friends from Chikara, PCO, and, and so many other great people who, who want to be on the show. So, you know, every kind of, you know, donation that you can make will help us out. You can also follow the Wrestling Time Machine on Twitter at uh, the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast. Uh, it, the actual at is W R E S T L T I M M A C H. You can check out nerdfixstrangers.com forward slash listen for the other really cool shows that we do Nerdfix Strangers and Pokemon Mind and Body. If you want to be a part of the show and email us, you can do so by emailing the wrestling time machine at gmail.com. So check that all out, and if you're interested and you want to follow the show on Tumblr, you can also find uh, the Wrestling Time Machine on Tumblr, and also uh, follow me on Twitter, at Space King Bobby. And don't forget to check out the page uh, for the show on Facebook, the Wrestling Time Machine. Get into all that really, really great stuff. And don't forget to shop at Cobalt6.com. I hear there's a new shirt that I need to get my hands on. You probably do, because Cobalt is pretty great. And yep. check out his <laughs> his shirts. And also, don't forget to check out AvetMakesThings.com for all sorts of cool wrestle buddies, badges, comics, jewelry, dream catchers, all sorts of great, fun, nerdy, beautiful crafts. So check out AvetMakesThings.com. And I think with that, I think we can dive in to the show. We're going to go over some trivia before we actually start the event. Leith, you've got the trivia for us today. Oh, yes. And there All is a lot. 600 pages. Yes. <laughs> Slight exaggeration. All right, so we are... It's August 27th, 1995, Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're in the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, have you ever been to the Civic Arena? I think I've been past it. I don't think I've ever actually been to it. Mm. I, I used to go to school near Pittsburgh, so I would uh, be in that area every so often. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. It's primarily served as the home of the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is the city's National Hockey League franchise from 1967 to 2010. Cool. I don't know where the Penguins play now. I don't really keep up with hockey or sports of any kind besides wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> It broke ground in March, on March 12th, 1958, opened September 17th, 1961, and then closed June 26th, 2010. Um, it was demolished, sadly, <laughs> in se- September 26th, 2011 to March 31st, 2012. Took a while to, to get it all down, I guess. Well, I mean, arenas are big. And usually, um, I know... Like, they did it with one of the arenas here in Ohio when they were either remodeling it or demolishing it. But sometimes they'll be, they'll, like, auction stuff off from the arena. Oh, uh, yeah, they did that for the uh, the arcade in my, my hometown. Oh, that's so cool. It was sad, because it's like, I'd rather the arcade still be there. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could have got my hands on a Quiz and Dragons machine. That would have been pretty cool. That was That was my favorite. Um, anyway, <laughs> it was constructed in 1961 for use by the Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera. It was the brainchild of department store owner Edgar J. Kaufman. 
Um, it's the first retractable roof major sports venue in the world, covering 170,000 square feet. Constructed with nearly 3,000 tons of Pittsburgh steel and supported solely by a massive 260-foot-long cantilevered arm. I'm not sure if I said that right. I on think the you exterior. Did. I th- yeah, I think you said that right. Okay. <laughs> Even though it was designed and engineered as a retractable roof dome, the operating costs and repairs to the hydraulic jacks halted all four retractions after 1995, and the roof stayed permanently closed after 2001. The first roof opening was during a July 4th, 1962 Carol Burnett show, to which she exclaimed, Ladies and gentlemen, I present the sky. It's really cool that this was one of the first, like, major retractable roof arenas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the big one I'm I'm familiar with is the arena up in Toronto. I think it's the Sky Dome. Okay. Uh, and we went up there for a class trip, and it's just it's really neat to, you know, see that this is something that can just like open up. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was cool. Yeah, I guess the original system didn't work so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they've made improvements since then. Uh, let's see. They've hosted a great number of re- professional wrestling events. Um, SummerSlam 95, which we're watching. Um, King of the Ring 98, Unforgiven 2001, No Way Out 2005, Armageddon 2007, Bragging Rights 2009. So all kinds of WWE events. Um, yeah, and it's funny, there's not any WCW events listed. No. No, I don't Maybe it was too big for them. I don't know. Could have been. been. Yeah, it could have been, or it could have been like a contract that they had with like the WWE or a better That's relationship. That's possible. Yeah. yeah. And then King of the Ring 98 is remembered for the Hell in the Cell match between Mick Foley and Undertaker, where Mo- <clears throat> Foley falls from the top of the cell, suffering multiple injuries. Um, if you are a wrestling fan and have not yet seen that, you need to see it. It's kind of like... Spoilers. It, it, it's pretty much a, a classic. I think most die-hard wrestling fans have seen it a few times. <laughs> if you're just getting into wrestling, that's a good match to watch at some point because it's it's pretty ridiculous. It's kind of iconic. Yes, very much so. Yeah. I think somebody even got a tattoo of Foley with his tooth in his nose. <laughs> remember Foley mentioning that or posting a picture of that, and he's like, why? <laughs> but anyway, the final WWE event was a Monday Night Raw episode on May 10th, 2010. The future events would now be taking place at the PPG Paints Arena. Uh, currently, a parking lot for PPG Paints Arena occupies the space of the former arena. Circle of life. Yep, Interesting. So the arena is now a parking lot for a different arena. <laughs> now, have you been to PPG Arena? No, I have not. Definitely no, okay. not. I'm now living much further away from Pittsburgh. It's mm. kind of a hike. I used to be sure. kind of s- split between, like, Philly and Pittsburgh were about the same distance from my house, like, about yeah. four hours. Now it's like I'm, like, an hour from Philly, so... Mm. Pittsburgh's quite a hike. Yeah. Uh, let's see the numbers here. Via ProWrestlingHistory.com, attendance was 18,062, earning 353,705. Uh, the buy rate, 0.9, equal to 
3,224 buys at 2750 per buy earnings 7,788,660. That's 7 million one hundred seventy seven thousand four hundred and seven and five cents more than WCW collision in Korea. Uh box office total was eight million one hundred and forty two thousand three hundred and sixty five dollars which was eight million four hundred and sixty eight thousand eight hundred and eighty seven dollars and 95 cents less than the total box office for WCW collision in Korea. Which I think we kind of had to guess that that was gonna happen because mm-hmm. that was a two day event in which right. basically an entire country was forced to go to. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> like there's no comparison as far as that goes, but I'm really, like, surprised that they were able to make more on you know, just buys right because i mean wcw collision in korea they were promoting it pretty hard yeah of and, course and this is kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity to see rick flair and antonio Inoki lock up mm-hmm. so but that i i just thought that was interesting i guess it's it's still like true like there's like the more casual fan and the more hardcore fan. Yeah. But the, I would imagine the hardcore fans were, were not quite as many as there are now. Yeah, that's I could true. be wrong, but there might not have been quite as many people that see that, that player Noki match and be like, oh, we gotta see that. That's like once in a lifetime. Yeah. They're more just like, whatever WWE does, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so down to some more trivia. This is the first WWF slash WWE <laughs> pay-per-view to take place in Pittsburgh. Is cool. the first WWF pay-per-view appearance for Glenn Jacobs as Isaac Yankum DDS, who would go on to be Diesel number 2 slash Fake Diesel, then go on to be Kane, then go on to be the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Also true. <laughs> Uh, it's the first appearance for Skip and Sonny, Birth of Faye, Triple H, but not Triple H as Triple H. He's still Hunter Hearst Helmsley, which is still a weird, like, it's weird to see that, like, how did that transition into Triple H? I don't yeah. know, but <laughs> thank God it did. <laughs> uh, let's see, first WWF pay-per-view appearance for Shane Douglas since Royal Rumble 1991 and his first one as Dean Douglas. Very cool. First SummerSlam to have a ladder match until SummerSlam 1998. So we actually want to take a minute to acknowledge this ladder match at SummerSlam because not only is it the first ladder match to take place at SummerSlam, earlier in the day, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, the, the competitors in this match, were told that they could not use the ladder as a weapon in the match. Now, this had to do with uh, WWE trying to adhere to some new standards and practices, and this comes from a couple various sources. Uh, Shawn Michaels, I think, talks about it in one of his books. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has talked about it on uh, his podcast, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. Check that out. Uh, but basically, the whole 
idea behind these new standard and practices was if they're going to use a weapon it can't be something that someone especially again you know like a kid can get a hold of in their own home so that was the idea and they were like you cannot use the ladder as a weapon so they're being told this earlier in the day and now they've got to figure out how they're going to do this whole match now without using the ladder as a weapon and again, this is this is one of those iconic matches. So if somehow you have not seen it, mm-hmm. th- this is a good time to yeah. watch it <laughs> and, and watch it with us and, and our great commentary. You get to see Shawn Michaels take on a ladder, and it's amazing. He's gonna wrestle a ladder. It's so good. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Going on. There's a total of four ladder matches that have taken place at SummerSlam. Uh, this is the first SummerSlam to not feature Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, no. <laughs> Third SummerSlam to not feature a tag team championship match, the first of which was SummerSlam 1989, and the second was SummerSlam 1994. So, little peek behind the curtain. I was actually getting a lot of this trivia from IMDb, right? <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I'm looking, um, I'm reading this trivia and getting this ready for this show, and it said that this was, I think, the second one to not feature. So I, like, actually went online and started looking over the other SummerSlams, and no, this was the third one. Yeah. It's interesting. It's always strange to me when they have, like, a big pay-per-view and there's, like, not a title match of some kind. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like every title should be on the line every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and especially because this is one of the big four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was like, uh, I don't know, like some random smaller one, I can't think of all the names because they've changed so many times over the years. But <laughs> <laughs> like if it was one of the, the smaller ones, it would be a little more like, okay, whatever. But, yeah, like SummerSlam, Rumble... WrestleMania, like, you gotta have title matches, like, yeah. all of them. Exactly. This is the first WWE pay-per-view appearance for Barry Horowitz since Survivor Series 1993, and the first one that he wrestles by his real name. Good for Barry Horowitz. Yay, we get Barry Horowitz. <laughs> so excited. Final WWF pay-per-view appearance for Lex Luger, who jumped ship to WCW and appeared on Monday... Nitro, one week after this event, and it was the last WWF pay-per-view match for the Blue Brothers, because nobody cares. Yeah, hillbillies. <laughs> like, super generic dudes Not, who are yeah. twins, I think, right? Yeah. Like, identical twins, but, like, all that meant was that you couldn't tell them apart. Yeah. We're mountain folk. Simple. Yeah, it was very... Simple twin mountain folk. Now, if they had, like, done them up more in, like, the, the Bray Wyatt style of, like, like kind of hillbilly, then I think people would have been like, whoa, man, like, these Blue Brothers are pretty creepy. Yeah. But they're just kind of, like, really big dudes that looked alike. <laughs> there are so many, like, redneck gimmicks in the WWE at this point. Yeah, and I mean, like, at the time, I guess it kind of made sense, because uh, you generally thought of, like, the, the crowd as being this, like, redneck, like... Yeah. 
race car watching type of people. I don't know if that's actually true, but that's what the the idea was like when we were growing up. Like that's the people that watched wrestling. Yeah, exactly. It was the same people who watched like NASCAR and drank like cheap beer and sat in their pickup trucks. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like I don't think there's as much crossover as as people think there is. <laughs> you know, like. But you're right. I, for a very long time, I think in the last couple of years it's gotten better. But for a very long time, that was sort of the uh, stereotype of your of your typical wrestling fan. Right, and maybe it's because W like like so many of the the promotions did a lot of crossover with like NASCAR and stuff. Yeah, that just became this like association. I'm not sure. Well, and it may have had to do with just sort of this carryover mentality of like. You know, people like, uh, uh, you know, Jim Cornette, Jim Crockett, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, guys who were uh, promoters, you know, with their territories, and these are the kind of people that they were used to seeing at their wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. You know, so there may have been sort of a, uh, even by the 90s, a uh, sort of outdated mentality about who was uh, your target audience. Right. But uh, you're right, it's, it, it is interesting. Moving along. Moving along with trivia. Plans for a babyface, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Lawrence Taylor tag team at this event, but they were scrapped as uh, WrestleMania 11 was one of the lowest selling WrestleManias at that point. So they're like, maybe this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, maybe a sequel isn't what the fans want. Yeah, especially, like, as a tag team. I don't know. That would have been really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have given the Million Dollar Corporation something to do at the event, because I would have to right. imagine that's who they would be facing. But, like, who would they... Uh, well, yeah, I guess. It's just such a weird idea. Yeah. Like, Lawrence Taylor did fine, but I don't, I don't like seeing non-wrestlers wrestle too often. Like, it just feels weird. That's fair. (laughs) Like, maybe if he was, like, training for, like, a a year or so. Well, and you know what? To their credit, somebody like Lawrence Taylor is, like, a legitimate athlete. Right. That's why, like, I could understand... It'd be understandable if they were were training and they got bumped up faster than, like, some newcomer. Yeah. But still, it just... I don't know. It just always feels weird. It's like... I wouldn't want to see a pro wrestler, like, go out one time and just play on the football team. Yeah. Like, that would be weird, too, right? It's called So why the is XFL. it, like, normal the other way around? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of right there with you. It, it does kind of break the suspension of disbelief. But I, I'm also, like, a fan of, like, well, it's, it's entertainment, you know, and... It, the other side of that is, again, like, Lawrence Taylor is at least, like, a legitimate athlete. And you've had guys like Stephen Amell, like, take one look at Stephen Amell and tell me he doesn't look like a, like a professional wrestler. Like, that boy right. is ripped. Yeah, and I, I think he's been training. Because like, he, he wrestled at All In, too. Yeah. So. I know, know he's, like, BFFs with uh, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. So that kind of helps. <laughs> But it's just, it's such an odd concept when you, like, think of, like, if you, like, I don't know, like, 
I wouldn't expect to see like Macho Man playing hockey with the Penguins, like just one time randomly. Well, it's okay, like, but now I want to see Macho Man, you know, playing <laughs> hockey. Right? <laughs> it's like why? Why can't we have that kind of crossover? Oh yeah! Why is there an octopus on the ice? Uh huh. <laughs> That's a thing, apparently. Alright. I found that out. It's a it's a Red Wings thing. Oh. Yeah. I know so little about yeah. sports. Is. Anyway, last bit of trivia here before we we get started. Uh, in an interview with Kayfabe Commentaries, Kevin Nash explained that Vince McMahon was close to firing King Mabel after this event uh, due to Mabel hurting his opponent with a move where he sat all his weight down on Nash after being previously instructed not to do that. Um, even though Nash was angry, he actually tried to, like, he basically coerced McMahon into not releasing him. Mm-hmm. But then um, when Bischoff wanted to sign Mabel, Nash basically told him not to do so. So mm. he got his he got his revenge to some degree. Yeah. Uh, I would hope that uh, maybe they got things worked out before Mabel's passing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you always kind of hope things like that, like the hatchet gets buried uh, before somebody uh, moves on. Uh, so, but uh, that that is pretty interesting. So I think yeah. with that, I think we're we're ready to dive into this. So if you're, pl- I think so. Yeah, if you're playing along with home uh, at home, uh, again we're on the triple zero timestamp. Just listen for the countdown. Three, two, one. Here we go. We got the WWF Jello logo. Mm-hmm. Looks delicious. Grape Jello. King Mabel. That big leg drop. And we saw the British Bulldog turn heel. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wait, did that make sense? <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Oh. He's going to come at him with a blowtorch and somehow that's going to cause Armageddon? Yes. In King Mabel's kingdom? I guess. It's Bret Hart, and he's going to knock your teeth out. Hmm. <laughs> The Undertaker's going to steal your soul. Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. The the weird... Like it's double. like heaven and hell, I guess. Is that the idea? <laughs> and Stridex is on the heaven side. 
Well, obviously. You know, clear skin. It's <laughs> the Stridex you can't, blimp. You can't be a proper angel with with non-clear skin. Yeah. Oh, man. Vince is saying that this is the largest crowd in the history of the Pittsburgh Civic Arena. Mm. That would be interesting to, to look up. We got some fireworks. Vince and Jerry hanging yeah, out. Back when Jerry refused to wear a shirt ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's kind of a wrestler at this point still. Yeah, I guess he just always has his gear on under his jacket. He's oh, ready to go at any moment. That's right. So we got we got Dean Douglas. He's going to be critiquing the matches, you know, uh, throughout the night. So still not oh. actually wrestling. <laughs> oh. oh, here he is. Oh, it's your dad. Uh, right, <laughs> it's my dad. It's just, it's eerie how much he looks like me. Yes. Yeah, like, if you were like, oh, I found out I'm actually related to him, I'd be like, yep. <laughs> Makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We got the one, two, three kid. Sweet numbers popping up. Look at that's that. Right. That's fancy. I really hope that's the only time we have to hear the fingernails on the chalkboard tonight. Nah, that'll be like every time. <laughs> God, I hope not. Please no. So we got the whoa. It, what? I wasn't. I don't know if that was the angle or if he just kind of like tripped over the top a little bit. Yeah, it looked like yeah. It's very odd. Yeah, I wonder if Sean Waltman was ever a Spider-Man fan. I don't know. Maybe we can get him on the show. Right? <laughs> Uh-oh. It's Hakushi. Ooh. Ooh. Little screen. That's a pretty sweet-looking entrance, though. Yeah. The entrances for this seem to be better than, like, previous ones. <laughs> There's a little more... A little more drama. Yeah. I always like when they do the entrances up big. Yeah. The big entrances it, are always fun. Yeah, and they're always, like, they make it easier to remember, like, a specific event. Yeah. And, like, a time frame. They help me, anyway. Because <laughs> I, I can usually remember the matches, but then I'll forget what exactly the matches were from. <laughs> Is that, like, a Diesel <laughs> cosplayer? With the little American flag? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> so, Hakushi apparently lost a match to Barry Horowitz. Oh, wow. Is is what they showed some highlights of just a moment ago. We got the uh, do-rag... And uh, Hakushi's doing his pre-match meditation. 
I don't know why Hakushi never really connected with the audience. I don't know. Maybe just the era. Yeah. Like, I think he would do better now. Yeah, probably. But I don't know. WWE audiences are always so weird. They don't like anything. Yeah. And then they'll, like, root for somebody until they actually, like, win. And then they'll be like, no, I don't like them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Quit shoving them down our throats, God. It's like, that happens, like, every time. Like, I remember everybody was like, oh, Sasha needs to win. Sasha's the best. Sasha wins the title. She's the worst. She's terrible. Why is she even wrestling? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Kids are so fickle. <laughs> Alright, so we got the one, two, three kid with a headlock and a go-behind. Hakushi counters into a headlock of his own. This should technically be an amazing match because these guys are both like <laughs> fantastic it should technically be an amazing match you're right yeah i don't know if it's going to be i'm just saying that it should be okay that was like pretty a- cool one two three like this feels like a mortal combat match there's karate hakushi's so cool I like him. <laughs> I mean, you know, he didn't come out with, like, a severed one, two, three kid head. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Wow, big leapfrog into a hip toss. Uh, a kip up in stereo. I don't know, I always feel like Hakushi's wearing pajama pants. Yeah, but just, I think they'd be so, like, comfortable to wrestle in. Yeah, because they're loose. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he has so much freedom of movement without worrying about his, like, junk showing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just because it has, like, the waistband. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more like, um, kind of closer to a gi. Yeah. Like, that's what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, between that and, like, the uh, karate shoes with the toes. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what they're going for. I believe Hakushi's still wrestling. I don't know if he wrestles often. But he's the the president of uh, Michinoko Pro. So he might be like an authority figure that wrestles like every now and then. Yeah, because it says he's a sole heavyweight wrestler on the roster mm. for Michinoko Pro. So I would assume he's still he's still going. Well, I don't say he's him. retired or anything. Yeah. Some of these guys can just go forever. It's amazing. We got a big old thing of cotton candy out in the crowd. Oh, it like makes me think of Pinkie Pie. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Especially because it's the pink cotton candy. So I just had like a My Little Pony moment. It's all good. Remember that weird WCW fan fiction I sent you? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe somebody wrote that. <laughs> 
That was great. Yeah, it's kind of like um, I mean, like 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 the kayfabe news or like the onion, like all those like fake news sites kind of thing. But they had some pretty good ideas, man. They had some I'm great surprised ideas. there hasn't been like a brony faction. <laughs> yeah, I mean we kind of have that with the new day. They like unicorns. It's it's not quite the same. It's not as on the nose. <laughs> and Hakushi with a big uh, Bronco Buster. It's a good backward roll. I can never do those. I always like I could couldn't use my arms that way, so I don't use them when I do a backward roll. Yeah. I'm not very, like, flexible in the... Like, I can't even, like... I can't, like, dive into a pool. Ah. Like, I can't get my legs up the right way. Like, I can't get my head down and my legs up the right way. That's how not flexible I am. Oh, Kushi's going for the sneak attack here. Oh, a kick to the the back of the leg, to the upper thigh. Is he going to go for another one? I think that's one of the things I like about, like, Kushi as a wrestler. He's just very, like, smart. Okay, sure. Like, he's... Targeting body parts, yeah. It's that ring psychology that he's, like, sees his opponents down, so he sneaks up behind them and takes advantage of it. Like, I love stuff like that, because it just feels, like, not... I guess a little more real. I don't know. It just... Makes me appreciate the wrestler more if they they come across as intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Now, see, I always like splash moves, kind of like that, mm-hmm. where you're doing this sort of like, uh, not like slingshot, but I don't know how to describe it. The the Basham brothers would do like an elbow drop like that. And I always okay. like that. See, I like, a, like that one because it was like super fast, so it like felt more like it could actually happen. <laughs> yeah. And like sometimes like you'll see somebody go to like the top rope and then you'll see the guy on the bottom like adjust himself so that he's like in the right spot. <laughs> and it's like it just kind of takes me out of the match for a moment. Or if they're like up there and like the person's like down on the ground for like ever... You're like that's not, that's not how that would really work. <laughs> Hakushi with an impressive handspring into into a sort of plancha or splash out out of the ring. And then replay yeah. it here. Look at this. Handspring. Really like... Like, like a backflip. Yeah, it's like a... Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting words. It's terrible. Yeah, the thing that like, I, I always question with somebody like Hakushi is... Is the stuff on his face paint or is that a tattoo? No, it's just paint. Think it's just paint? Yeah. Pretty sure. Because like, there's pictures of him without it. Okay. 
<laughs> I just I don't know how it stays on so so well. well. Yeah. Versus like somebody like Sting who's like in a match for ten minutes and it's it's gone. Maybe it's like Sharpie. Yeah, that's possible. Probably actually look it up. Oh, now I got it. Round off back handspring. That's what it was. Yes, <laughs> gymnastics. <laughs> I think you you said handspring for the the first maneuver, and it threw yeah. me for a while. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Because I, I can actually still do a round off. I can't do the back handspring part anymore. <laughs> I've never I been able to do a round that. Off. They aren't hard. That's like one of the like first things you learn. And honestly, the back handsprings aren't hard either. It was just a matter of getting the courage up to do it. Yeah. Because you it, can't really see where you're going to land. You kind of have to, like, get out of your own head and just do it. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no... You have to trust your body. Yeah. Which is hard to do sometimes. Yeah. No, I don't... I don't think I, I would ever be able to do that. Because, like I said, I mean, I can't even... I can't even, like, dive into a pool. So mm-hmm. I don't think I could do something that complicated. Gotcha. Like. <laughs> Maybe if you trained when you were, like, really young. Yeah. But now that I'm 30, like, nope. <laughs> never going to happen. That's how I felt about, like, the, the wrestling stuff. It's like, well, I tried it, but I'm, like, way too old and my body's too broken already. It's like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, that's why, I, that's why I have, like a higher propensity to want to try getting into, like, commentary or interviewing, because I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's uh, that's a whole different world from, uh, you know, go do this like somersault. Right. (laughs) I love that Doc Hendricks is, like, dancing while he's also interviewing Mabel. Looks like he has to pee really bad. Come on, King Mabel, I gotta pee, I gotta pee, I gotta go. (laughs) I wonder why, like, Mabel decided to to sit on him with his full weight. I don't know. Could have been trying to, you know, maybe assert himself. I don't don't know what would have happened there. Yeah, it's just, it's... Like, if you're told not to do something, it's not something that you would probably normally do anyway, then why do it? <laughs> it's interesting. Oh, now we got uh, the Connecticut Blue Blood, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, out. It's a weird camera angle. There we go. <laughs> like, you can't see anything. <laughs> We keep getting shots of this lady with, like, the big earrings and the sheer top. Yeah, she is, like, Fancy Pants McGee, but then she has, like, a baseball cap on. It's so weird. 
Like she and clashes. Giant diamond earrings and this yeah. like fancy outfit and then a white baseball cap. <laughs> Come on, lady from twenty years ago, coordinate better. <laughs> if you're gonna look like an extra from Dynasty, then go all out. <laughs> right? And she looks like the type that would actually like Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> there she, she is. Yeah, she was holding his nose. Holding her nose. It's still so... Like, it throws me every time to see him in this gimmick. Like, as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. It just feels so weird. <laughs> But he's going to be facing off against the two-sport superstar, Bob Sparkplug Holly. He is like the ultimate crossover, like we were talking about. Yeah. Wrestler who's a race car driver. He he should be like their number one guy. Just <laughs> give me the belt and I'll beat everybody. He just needs to like also have a, like a country music career. He, and then he'd be like... He wrestled, he wrestled a bear. Like, I can't get over that. But you're right, he does. He needs a country music album, too. But more like that, like, new country where he sings about his pickup truck and yeah. dogs. I guess that would be new old country now. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know much about country music other than I don't really care for it. <laughs> I mean, Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson are pretty pretty timeless. Yeah, yeah, but they're like they're like old school, so it's yeah. like kind of more that crossover country rock kind of yeah. vibe. They're not as twingy. What is going on with with this match? This is this it's like, like kind of an introduction to Hunter Hearst Holmesley. The match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so recently I listened to this like mashup somebody did with these six different country songs that were all basically the same song. <laughs> and it was amazing. I'm like, yeah. they like pieced it all together, and then they would uh, color coordinate like the the lyrics so you could tell which song the lyrics were coming from. Hmm. But it, it all went together like so well, and they all had like the exact same like everything. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all, I guess the the he's like the formula works though because they're all like in the like top like ten. <laughs> yeah, Bob Holly wrestled a bear. God, Bob Holly just has some of the worst hair in wrestling. Yeah, well, I think he, his hair is thinning, so yeah. he's trying for the mullet, but then he. Ha like he's losing his hair so it like really looks odd <laughs> yeah I don't know if I was a guy and my hair was thinning I would just shave it 
Remember when, when Bob Holly got the big giant tribal tattoo? Because reasons? No. Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> Look up, uh, if, if you're playing along at home, just like Google Bob Holly or Hardcore Holly like 2018. He's got a giant tribal tattoo now. Because, you know, that's... Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. But why? I mean, I guess to each their own, but... That tribal tattoos were out. <laughs> it's like a very, like, late 90s, early 2000s tattoo. Yeah. I never understood tattoo trends. Like, that just seems weird. Like, why would you want the same tattoo as somebody else? Yeah. It doesn't look great. I mean, kudos for him to still, like, stay in shape. Mm-hmm. But, like, it does not look great. Yeah, if he likes it, that's all that matters. Good on him. That's how I always feel about tattoos. If you like it, if it's you, if you're happy with it, then that's all that matters. Like, other people's opinions just, like, eh. We're, we're, just, we're just being, you know, awful. Yes. <laughs> like, we're allowed to say that we don't like it, but yeah. that doesn't mean you don't have to. Like, if you like your tattoo, then good for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is that... That's the British Bulldog. He's wearing his denim shirt. That was very important to interrupt this match for. Yes. We got Hunter Hurst. How is the ref not seeing that? Come on now. Well, now he sees it. That was pretty obvious. Uh Uh-oh. Bob Holly reverses the abdominal stretch. But Hunter counters into a hip toss to the outside of the ring. Now that would be illegal in WCW, right? Yeah, the match would be over. Unless they decided that they weren't going to follow that rule. Like at that exact moment. It's kind of the way of WCW. They like make rules and then they're like, uh, we're just going to do it this way instead. Yeah. It just it never... You can win a strap match with somebody who's not even in the match. Yeah. Yeah, that one still blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like the most like illogical ending. Like, that, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, you can't do yeah. that. Irish whip into a... went for a sidewalk slam, but Holly countered out of it into a big drop kick. Yeah, see, he just needed, like, four other careers. He needed to be a wrestler, a race car driver. He needed to have a country music career. He needed to be a bootlegger. Yeah, just, like, get all of this all into one. Make him the perfect, like, mountain folk package. Yeah, yeah, like, he'll come down to the ring. His race car gear, his bloodhound. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And like a straw hat and a and a corn cob pipe. And like a like a rifle strapped to his back. Yeah. 
And a big back body drop. Those always look crazy. Like, it's such, like, a, like, it looks like it'd be really simple to, to do to an extent, but it just, like, they look so impactful. Because usually the, the guy, like, taking the, uh, bump can get so much height. Yeah, it looks like something that's, that's real dangerous. Uh-oh. It would be if you didn't know how to... Yeah, take the bump. Take it. <laughs> and the pedigree from Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I am so surprised he won. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, the crowd does. It looks like a young, maybe Shinsuke. Uh, <laughs> the crowd is is not happy with Hunter Hearst Helmsley winning. Like how you can see almost like the the transformation in the crowd itself. Yeah. Because you're seeing a lot more of like actual like 90s people, not 90s people stuck in the 80s. Oh my god. A Stridex war on the water. What is this? I don't know, but I want to be there. Uh, fire trucks. Uh, maybe get out of the way, lady. Uh, yeah. Somebody Sears just. On a boat. Yeah, somebody like They're just. Doing, like a tug of war. Oh, okay, that's cool. Somebody just like holding Bam Bam on the bow of the boat. You know. So it's firefighters versus the WWE superstars in tug of war over the water for charity. Ah, this is, uh, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> it was like, that was the worst dive I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> but that's fun. I like when they do stuff like that. Hey, it's those guys. Speaking of mountain folk. They had, again, it's like, they always have this, like, potential. If they would have gone that one step further and made them just, like, horror movie hillbillies... Oh, boy. I think they would have had something there. You can really see the uh, SS tattoos on those guys. Oh no! Are you serious? Yeah. See, look Ew. at uh, look at the right arm. Oh well, now I just want them fired. Well, <laughs> there's been a there's been a long dispute about whether they're actually racist or not, or if those were like uh, tattoos they got sort of like in their misguided youth. I, I don't know. There's that lady again. She doesn't have the ball cap on. No, she's got to be somebody. They show her way too often. Yeah. We got the smoking gun. It, this is this is hillbilly versus hillbilly. But uh, no, 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 no. Because smoking guns are more like cowboys. cowboys. Okay. So this is cowboys <laughs> versus hillbillies. The age-old struggle. <laughs> The hillbillies have come down from the mountain, and they are attacking the smoking guns branch. And yeah. the smoking guns are like, "Oh no, we can't have that! Like, you're you're gonna scare off our cows." Yeah, maybe maybe they were trying to like rustle their cattle. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's what happened. We're we're putting the story there for you guys. Yeah, because there's really none. 
This, <laughs> <is> like, <laughs> this match is just happening for no reason. <laughs> this is actually just like one of those like Harley Quinn, uh, Old West romance novels, just you know, in wrestling form. Mm-hmm. You got cowboys, cattle rustlers, jeans, boots, hats. You know, it's the a famouser from Billy Gunn. I mean, that's that was pretty much a famouser. That's a that's some foreshadowing there. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna save this move for later. Yeah, you see the the wheels turning. How weird does Billy Gunn look with a mustache? Um, yeah. <laughs> like both Billy and Bart look like they belong in the seventies. Maybe maybe that's the vibe they're going for with the whole yeah. cowboy theme. Like Bart looks like a stunt double for Burt Reynolds. <laughs> that's what this match is missing. The bandit. Remember when mustaches were back in style for a while there? Are they not? Was, I think they've all decided to switch to beards for the most part. <laughs> Maybe maybe I should uh, trim the beard and just go for a mustache. I don't think anyone should go for a mustache because it just looks like you couldn't grow a beard. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I gotta ask the boss. Should I just go for a mustache? No. Absolutely not, she says. Okay. <laughs> So, we got the Blue Brothers. Mm-hmm. Who may or may not be horrible racists. May or may not, not be. Sure. We, we don't judge here, because we don't know. <laughs> but if they are, they should have been fired. Yeah. Like, forever ago. Vince doesn't even know which Blue Brother is in the ring. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh we watched uh some Chikara before bed last night as is the the style of the time. And uh we've actually just started King of Trios for season 19. Mhm. Right? So, of course, we've just found out that uh, Jeremy Leary and Lucas Calhoun are now like half brothers slash clones whatever it is. And I was just thinking to myself last night, like, boy, you know what would be great? Is if we got, like, a buddy cop movie star in those two. Maybe not, like, buddy cop, but something, like, along the lines of the Blues Brothers, where they're buddies, they're on a road trip, they're in a car, they stop at different juke joints, there's fighting and comedy. I would watch that. Right, right. Now, Cousin Zebekiah doing, you know, the best thing that you can with a beard slash mustache, and that's twirling it. Billy just barely getting the arm up. 
Yeah, that really looks like an SS tattoo. Like, oh, big sort of swinging face buster. They're rugged mountain men. Thank you, Vince. Like, the, the the tops that the Blues Brothers are wearing just look like sweaters that they cut the sleeves off of. Bart clean, cleaning house, but he runs into a big boot. Aww. His poor face. He kicked the mustache right off of him. Oh. Shoved him right into one another. And I think they're going for the sidewinder. There it is. The smoking guns win. That kind of looked like Terry. That uh, that kind of looked like Terry Runnels out there. Suppose it could have been since, you know, this is... Right about the time her and Goldust would have been with the company. Yep, there's the uh, replay of the Sidewinder. So I'm trying to, I've been trying to like kind of read into the, the SS tattoos that the Blues Brothers have. And some people are saying that it was not in association with Nazism, but because of the whole biker association. Yeah. And the fact that they had, like, a biker gimmick, and they didn't, they just kind of weren't thinking that it was as bad as it, like, was, because they just associated it with the, the bikers, not necessarily Nazism and racism. But I, I, I don't know. That's true. That's just like one of many theories. Yeah, there's uh, there there's a lot of different takes on that. And it's, some people said that they ended up did end up getting them covered up. Yeah, but most of the the tattoos that they had were supposedly biker related. Uh, Barry, I love that Barry Horowitz is like profile pick for, uh, you know, the, the title cards here is basically like, here's my certified public accountant costume. <laughs> what was that? Skipping Sonny out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just realized that they basically painted a thong onto her trunks. <laughs> I think it's supposed to look like the the popular um, aerobics gear of the time. Yeah. Where you would wear your, like, leotard, like, over your tights or shorts. Sure. And uh, she's calling Barry Horowitz Barry Horriblewitz here. So clever. Have a good match. Have a good match. Come on, Barry. We're gonna we're gonna beat those dumb aerobics people up. He hadn't even gotten his suspenders off. If your trunks need suspenders, you're wearing the wrong size trunks. Big jawbreaker and a knee. Oh no, his suspenders came undone. And now they're off. No, he's undoing them. Yeah. I like how that was just his fancy, uh, on on the way to the ring, like attire. Like, I'll just add sparkly suspenders. Like, you know what? If anything, the fact that, uh,. That y- you had Barry in like that, you know, CPA outfit on the on the sort of title screen, like mm-hmm. it just makes it look like he should have been a tag team partner for IRS. Right, right. It's such a weird picture because it's like it's not really what you think of when you think Barry Horowitz. Like not at all. It like has nothing to do with like anything. <laughs> But it is interesting to see, like, I don't know, like, you don't often see a new wrestler come out, debut, and then lose to, like, what was essentially a jobber, and then start, like, a feud like this. Like, that just, like, never happens. Like, usually, like, the the body daughters would have come out and, like, won, like, 8,000 squash matches before losing to, like, somebody, like, a mid-carder or somebody higher up. Uh Uh-oh, Sunny's ready to get involved. She's like, no, you gotta throw this out. Please. Begging with the ref. Fun fact, she used to have a crush on Marty Jannetty. (laughs) Random. I learned about that on the uh, Bruce Pritchard Sunny episode. Just thought to myself, like, well, you were the one. Oh, Sunny tripped Barry. That's dirty pool. Now they're just being mean. Boo. Like, Barry's like the, like, the super ultimate underdog. Because <laughs> he wasn't even, like, really on anybody's radar until, like, he beat Skip. He's the, uh, 
He's the predecessor to guys like James Ellsworth. Any man with two hands. And Sonny's just all like, you know what? I told you, my man Skip, he gonna, he's gonna, you know, take out Barry, and then it's all roses from here. The crowd chanting for Barry? Is that what yes. I'm hearing? Yes. Barry chants. I think that one of the things I like about Barry Horowitz, too, is that he's just kind of like your average Joe. Like, he like, looks like a wrestler, but he's not like overly gimmicked or overly like anything he's just got his blue trunks he's ready to go you know what yeah. I mean? he's very like he's very relatable exactly peek behind the curtain we're both a little tired because we started this at eight in the morning yes sorry for yawning in in your ears yes also it's sweeties day right sweeties day what Sweetest is that day. uh it's Valentine's Day the sequel. What? If you're if you're a Simpsons fan, it's basically Love Day. Oh. It's some sort of romantic holiday. So if you're listening to this and you want to do something romantic, there's nothing more romantic than watching SummerSlam with your partner and listening to us call matches. Oh yeah, totally. It's the most romantic <laughs> thing you'll ever do. And to talk about how great Barry Horowitz is. Yeah. He's the best. Yes. And then we'll just uh, drop in some some subtle, uh, you know, illusions here and there. Go on and kiss the girl. <laughs> you know, do the thing. No, but... Unless uh, she doesn't want you to. Yeah. In which case, don't do it. Yeah. Consent <laughs> is important. The only holiday I'm celebrating is uh, today would be shopping for Halloween costumes holiday. Is that a thing? <laughs> um, I mean, the entire month of October is Halloween now. Yes, as it should be. Yeah, that's, that's how that works. Which means it's also yeah. my birthday every day until it's actually my birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> you can tell me happy birthday every day. Okay. Every Every day in October is my birthday. No, it's actually in 10 days. Holy crap. <laughs> 10 days and I'll be a whole year older. <laughs> and, uh, and and here soon, it's going to be the end of October, and we're going to be doing our actual August of 1995 episode. Because we're very good at this. Yes. We got timing and, and last minute guests mm-hmm. uh, I did talk to I, I ran into Green Ant last night at the Let's Hang Out event and he said he's almost done with his watch list and I was like we're still in August oh gosh <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. We got uh, we got busy. It was a, it was a busy couple months because we had some shows and everything, and it was just you know again part of the part of the other issue was uh, car troubles. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's been sorted out, and everything's kind of back on track. Yeah, I think we both had a lot of uh, adjustments for the last couple months. Yeah. Just everything kind of caught up with us in in real life. <laughs> Now it's all sorted. We have our next guest. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on names. Nick Bartley. Thank you. Yeah. I was actually going to say that, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. That's not a name. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's going to be Nick Bartley from uh, from the Wrestling Figure Retrospective book. And uh, we're going to be talking about that. And we'll also be talking August of 1995. Which has been a month that I can't remember, because I actually watched most of it, like, ages ago. (laughs) So I'm going to have to reread all my notes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. (laughs) It's like, I, I started off really good, but I still have, like, one episode left. Yeah, there's still, uh... There's still, you know, at least... Ooh. Ooh. Right on the, uh... The, uh, Charlie Browns. <laughs> yes. Uh... <laughs> no, you know, uh... Le- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that works, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh... Yeah, there's still at least uh, one episode of ECW to get through. Oh, he's being cocky now. Could have had Barry there, but he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to pull you up at two. Skip going for a pile driver, but Barry Horowitz counters into a big back body drop. Yeah, Skip should have should have just pinned him when he had the chance, man. That is not a smart move. Or what's going? He he's going up to the top. What's he going for? I don't know. He's a little dazed, so I don't think this is going to go too well. Oh no. Oh, right on his Charlie Browns. Right on the matzo balls. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Uh-oh, what's he going for? Is he going for a superplex? He is. Yeah, if I didn't know any better, I would think the camera loves Sonny. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hakushi? Hakushi's out. But Why? <laughs> Well, remember, he he lost him. That's right. Yeah. Barry went from, like, getting his opportunities taken from him to, like, everybody gunning for him. It's pretty amazing. Right? 
I'd like to see, like, another storyline like this happen. But it has to be, like, organic, you know? Yeah. Like, Daniel Bryan was close, but it's, like... I feel like Daniel Bryan was already, like, a star before that. Like, he wasn't mm. just, like, a nobody. Or, like, lower mid-card kind of guy. It was, everybody knew who he was already. Yeah, and he wasn't, like losing matches, he wasn't being used for squashes to the same degree that Barry Horowitz was. Yeah, like, Barry Horowitz was, like, a true jobber. Like, you need... To, like, the extent that, like, Trent Beretta was when he was on... Yeah. You need, the, like, when he worked for WWE. You need somebody the caliber of, like, James Ellsworth to make it work. But not James Ellsworth. Somebody good. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's fine. <laughs> Look, James Ellsworth is a perfectly I, serviceable... I, I, he just... Think, he, he didn't need to be involved in women's stuff as much as he was. Yeah, I think that's what, what threw me on him. And it's not even his fault. It was just kind of like... They're trying to be all like, let's do all these things for the women's wrestling and it'll be the first this and the first that and then it's just like like they just seem to always kind of like take two steps back every time they try yeah vivify here we go His satellite classroom. See, that makes more sense than what they were doing before with the uh, imaginary students. Yeah. <laughs> that really, like, I don't know why that annoyed me so much. I want one of those. I want to draw on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing stopping you. Well, I, I don't have one that just magically goes away. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the TVs, TVs cost too much to, to just draw on them with, like, Sharpies. That's fair. You're not made of TVs. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Not yet, anyway. Like, look how fun that is. <laughs> Giving Barry Horowitz a grade of S for slacker. Yeah, his grading system just makes no sense. It doesn't. <laughs> if I got a report card with his grades on it, I'd be so confused. <laughs> he's really showing off that watch, man. Yeah. But I don't know what kind of watch it is, but he's like, I gotta make sure this thing is popping. But look, at least credit to to Todd Pettengill right now because he is actually wearing a suit that fits. (laughs) 
I like how Shawn Michaels has, like, one earring and then, like, a second earring that's double earrings. Yeah, that would be so heavy. Yeah. I hope he takes them out before he rests. Does <laughs> he have, like, the double piercing on the other side? Mm-hmm. It's... That, that would be real heavy. Shawn Michaels' earrings always look like they come from a tackle box. A little bit, yeah. He's like all the crosses. I don't even know where you get like crosses that gaudy. <laughs> um, it was the nineties. I always wondered about his his style. Like, where did that like come from? Like, is he just like like did he just want to go? Garish for the sake of standing out because he is smaller, like Macho Man did. Oh, we got Bertha Faye. God, that outfit. It's beautiful. This is a this is a far cry away from like the the big monster chick with the face paint who devastated Alundra Blaze. It doesn't even look like the same person. I love that he's coordinating with her outfit with the tie, but, like, his his jacket and his shirt don't match at all. I kind of... It almost, like, bothers me that they're trying to make it seem like... I don't know, like, she can't be attractive because she's overweight or something. Yeah... <laughs> Like, they're, like, mocking that aspect of her. It's it's that, and, like, her and Barry Horowitz apparently did not get along, like, at all. Oh, really? Yeah. It seems weird, because it's like, why would they necessarily need to be talking to each other? Yeah. Alondra <laughs> Blaze was amazing. Yeah. She's her, such an interesting person. Her and... Her and, uh... Did I say Barry Horowitz earlier? Yes. I didn't mean Barry Horowitz. I met, Har- <laughs> okay. I met Harvey Whippleman. Oh, okay. Who's that makes her. more sense. Because yeah. I was like, why was she talking to Barry Horowitz? <laughs> That's on me, folks. That's a big difference. <laughs> God, that belt looks awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A vet just uh, just nailed it. She called it a Barbie belt. Yes. I never liked Alunder Blaze's ring gear. No, it's not it's not great. But she's so good it doesn't even matter. Yeah. And I like that her her gear fits well, and then it's like, like she's covered up, like she's modest but still like, yeah. still like attractive. I don't know. I think for me, it's just like the white and the other colors. Yeah, yeah. 
It has a very um, Benetton feel to it, yeah. if anyone remembers Benetton. I don't. It, it was very 80s. Mm. Well, okay, that's... Yeah. They're very popular, like, clothing company, but it had, like... Uh, the the way it's written and looks reminds me of Benetton. <laughs> Bertha Faye's gear looks like one of my mom's old bathing suits. It does look like a bathing suit. It's like one of those ones that, like, oh, if you're overweight, you have to wear the skirt. Yeah. Because reasons, I don't really know. <laughs> because society is awful. Yes. Like, it's just, it's so, I mean, this is the second, what, the second women's match we've had in, like, six months? Yes. Yeah, it makes no sense. God, why is there so much women in my wrestling? Ugh. Some guy, probably. <laughs> And people always say, like, like, they talk about how, like, oh, the women's wrestling was so bad back in the day. And it's like, it's not that it was bad. It's they didn't give the women any time. They didn't let them actually wrestle. (laughs) And it was booked with stuff like this. It's like you had so many, like, talented women, but they all left to go to Japan because that's where women's wrestling actually happened. Yeah. And it's like Bertha Faye was actually super talented, but you saddled her with a gimmick like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Again, it's frustrating and sad. And, I mean, not for nothing, I mean, the WWE is marginally better now, but when you're still booking storylines where, you know, somebody like Ronda Rousey is slut-shaming one of the Bellas, right? Right. And she's the face, like... That flies in the face of you trying to do a women's revolution. And from what I understand and what I've seen and heard from some of my friends is that Ronda Rousey is known for being very transphobic, which isn't something I would want to promote at all in this, She's like, uh, ever. (laughs) Here's the thing. She's a talented athlete. I won't take anything away from her as far as that goes, but, like... As a human being, she's kind of gross. She's really transphobic. Her brand of feminism, the whole DNB thing, is actually surprisingly toxic. And she's a Sandy Hook truther. And, like, I just... I wish a lot of these performers and that, like, just keep your your politics, like, off of your stuff. Like... (laughs) It's so hard to, like... It's like, I want to appreciate what people can do in the ring, but the second I hear, like... That. Yeah, it's like, I can no longer appreciate this person, like, at all. I don't even want them, like, on my TV. It it makes you feel real conflicted, and it's just... You kind of have to try to work to separate the artist from the art. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, that's hard to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that like 
if they're actively promoting hatred of any kind, it's like, just no. Like, I cannot. I cannot oh. and will not support you in any way, shape, or form. Well, Bertha Faye at least wins with a sit-out powerbomb. Harvey Whippleman looks like a used Christmas tree salesman. Is, well, is if they didn't get along, you couldn't tell. Yeah. So they did good with that, too. Very professional. Jim Ross's, like, vest almost coordinates with Bertha Faye's dress better than Harvey Whippleman. Yeah. This, oh, the belt looks so tiny. <laughs> it really does. Like, it looked tiny when Alundra was holding it, too, but my goodness, it's just like, it's like a child's belt. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like it has any weight to it. No. It's like, this is how little we care of women's wrestling. We're not paying anything for this belt because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just be glad you have one. Oh, she just referred to her body as a slim fast waist. Remember Slim Fast, everybody? Yeah. They still exist. That's still a thing. Yeah. I don't know, Slim Fast always just feels very 90s to me. Yeah, definitely. Maybe just because it was, like, around a lot growing up. You gotta do what you gotta do. The struggle is real, man. But, yeah, I mean... It's like the WWE always takes, like, two steps forward and one step back with, with their women's wrestling. Right. Versus... I mean, they kind of... It feels like they do that with everything nowadays. Yeah. It's like, I honestly have not watched modern-day WWE except for pay-per-views. Yeah. Versus... For, like, the past couple years, because it's like, yeah. I just... I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, versus, like, say, like, Chikara, where it's like, heck, you got Oceania, who's this, like, heckin' badass ocean queen who's leading an army... Like, and, and they're doing, you know, they have the equal rights, equal fights. Like, Shakara's able I, to I tell think, stories without doing anything like that. I think the big thing, and the the reason that women's wrestling in Shakara always works, is that they are never viewed as men versus women. It's yes. wrestlers versus wrestlers, exactly. and that's how it should be. They're on equal footing. They start off on equal footing, so people view them as equals immediately. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even, like, matter what people's, like, previous thoughts might have been going into it when you go to, like, a Chikara show. And I think Excellence has done it pretty much the same way. It's yeah. like, as soon as you see a woman enter the ring, it's not a woman versus a man or whatever. It's always just wrestlers. wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. And that's... And I think if... WWE could wrap their head around that and start doing stuff that way instead of being like, it's the first ever women's this, it's the first ever women's that. It's like, 
that's not what people like that's not what we want in the long run yeah it's like we want them to just be wrestlers like just book them as wrestlers call them wrestlers treat them as wrestlers stop putting gender into it (laughs) yeah it doesn't have to be a factor in that respect no and it's like the one i was trying to explain it i think somebody on twitter who who couldn't didn't care for women versus men because of like the association with like spousal abuse and that which i can understand to a certain extent but it's like it's also the one arena where men and women can enter like the ring and be equals and be on equal footing and it's a hundred percent believable and it's a hundred percent like 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 they have the same skill set they have like everything is pretty much equal it's like pretty much the only place we can see that so it's like please don't take that from me (laughs) yeah and it's like that's the only thing i've ever wanted since i was like a kid like i always hate it when it was like boy stuff and girl stuff it's like can't we just like we're just all humans like can't it just be that (laughs) like the big thing the big takeaway from the from the wwe's current like women's revolution is it's like you know the girls out there are are doing I mean, they're working just as hard, if not harder, than a lot of the guys because they're generally doing it for less pay. Mm-hmm. And, again, yeah, like you said, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, Chikara and excellence to that degree, like, they start out on equal footing, and they're on equal footing right from the beginning. So it's always, you know, just one wrestler versus another. Yeah, it's never like, oh, they're good for a girl. Like, you never get that garbage. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, then I would like to see you go out there and see if you can be as good as that girl. Like, come on yeah. now. And th- and that isn't to take away anything from any of the, the women's wrestlers who are working for the WWE currently. I mean, they... No, they're working their butts off. Yeah, exactly. They, they put and... in a hundred and... 20% half the time just because they know they have something to prove. Yeah. And they don't, you know, they only have so much control over how things are booked, right? Yeah. And there's so many, I mean, there's so many things going on behind the scenes at WWE. And yeah. Like, especially a promotion that huge, there's so little control that the, the wrestlers actually have about pretty much anything. And you can, you can tell, like, they don't. They maybe have one or two women writers on staff, mm-hmm. and they definitely aren't using them to to write women's storylines. Because again, like you look at things like the the Nikki Nikki Bella Ronda Rousey thing, like that's that's bad, you guys, mm-hmm. and you should feel bad. Like, but. You know, it, any of the other, like, female talent who's out there, you know, chasing that dream and trying to get to the WWE, like, good on you, girl. Go get that get that check, man. You know, it's, it's all about the dream, and you want to get to that stage. Like, yeah. I'm not going to fault you for, for doing that at all, like, for well, real. Well, everybody, I mean, all wrestlers have their own their own goals, goals of mine yeah. and a lot of them grew up watching WWE just like we did and that tends to be the the end goal for a lot of people. Yeah, it's the organization. I guess the one at least here in the states and like Canada and stuff that like we've all 
like that's what we have. We have yeah. WWE, so that's what you want to do. Generally speaking, not everybody's like that. A lot of people would rather just stay in the indies or or shoot for New Japan. Yeah. Oh, somebody threw something in the ring. Yep. But what was it? I, I think, think it was a dove. It, no, I think <laughs> it was that like cross we saw earlier with like the flowers. Oh, that would make more sense. Yeah. I'm like it's a dead bird. Yeah. <laughs> I love that oh, the casket man. has Undertaker's face on it. Kama's doing some high kicks to try to intimidate the dead man. Kama's such a weird gimmick. I don't know. Undertaker never works for me. Yeah, it's not a great gimmick. But uh, the Undertaker with some some big hands thrown, some throat thrusts and punches. And he's got Kama. We're going up for a for a choke bomb. That has got to be so such an uncomfortable like bump to take. All right, so Kama with a kick to the back of the Undertaker. Kama does not want any part. Of that casket. Nope. I don't know. I still always like the Papa Shango gimmick. Yeah. Uh, yeah I did a, a, a doodle of that for the one Halloween. I'm sure it'll be coming up soon. That could as have I've been, been posting all my old doodles. Yeah, that could have been like a fun gimmick if. Uh, if Charles Wright maybe had, like, a little bit more experience under his belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was pretty green when they were doing that. Yeah. It's always odd to me, like, when they give, like, the like newcomers very, like, almost, like, complicated gimmicks. Yeah. That would require a lot of, like, acting ability in addition to everything else. Like you'd think they'd want to start people off with something a little more simple, but yeah, like Undertaker had a couple years under his belt before he was doing the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's uh, that's the nice thing about NXT is it kind of gives them that that experience, right? And then they bring them up to the main roster, and it's just like, eh. Yeah, it never. <laughs> The transition from NXT to main roster is always a hurdle, for whatever yes. reason. Yeah, and I think, like, I remember, like, when, like, back in the day when they brought up, like, Emma and stuff, I think a big part of it was they assumed that everybody that watched Raw and SmackDown was watching NXT, but that was yeah. not the case. <laughs> so a lot of people were just very confused, because they brought her out without really any explanation of what, like, what and who she was. Yeah. I don't know if that's that's still the case with everything being set up a little different. I don't know. I don't I don't watch any of the main roster stuff really like at all as much anymore. 
I mean, there's. And still... I think that that's pretty much how it works out. Is yeah. that a lot of the more hardcore independent fans tend to watch like NXT and maybe like 205, so, yeah. I, but I, don't watch Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> you know, I am working my way through the the Cruiserweight Classic, and I am officially a gentleman Jack Gallagher fan. I could see that. <laughs> it seems your your style. He tied a dude up, and then kicked kicked him in the bum. He hog-tied him. And that was just great. I haven't even been watching that. I haven't watched anything 205, NXT, Raw, SmackDown. I've just been avoiding WWE stuff for a while. Yeah. Sometimes like, I feel you bad. Gotta, like, I feel like I'm yeah. a bad wrestling fan for not watching it, but it's like I have so much... Like, we're watching all these old ones. Yeah. And then I go to all the local independent shows I can, so it's like, I'm still watching wrestling constantly. <laughs> like, sometimes you gotta cleanse your palate, and there's only mm-hmm. so much wrestling you can watch. Yes. Yeah, and I think I, I, I personally just needed a break from them, because I just, I didn't like where WWE is going, I don't like what they're doing, I don't like the product. You know, it's like, I like a lot of the wrestlers that they have, but it's like, it's not enough to, like, keep me yeah. there. There are bright spots on the roster, and I've I said it before, and I'll say it again. Like, you know, we we watch a lot of wrestling for this podcast. That's the nature of the show. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, a lot of it is not great. <laughs> Looking at you, WCW. Oh, but and they're so bad. They're good. <laughs> Okay, no, the Taskmaster and the Dungeon of Doom stuff is so bad it's good, but the actual matches are okay, fair, <laughs> are garbage, right? Uh, and we say that with love as wrestling fans, but uh, yeah, and again, it's not it's not the wrestlers; it's like the booking and that every match yeah. is like a squash match, and you know what the ending is going to be, which just makes it like. So, like, what's even the point of watching when you know yeah. who's going to win every time? Here's here's Vader versus a random dad we found in the audience. Yeah. Right? But, like, you know, that's, that's why Chikara is so refreshing, because I don't think I've ever seen a bad Chikara match. I just... It's so good all the time. Uh, there, there have been some that I, I have come across. Um, some through th- some through wrestling is fun as well, which was more their like kind of is Chikara, but not Chikara. It was almost like their NXT for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean they they've they've had their moments where where some awkward endings and and that'll happen weird spots with referees and. It happens, but it's not common. Yeah. Like, if you're watching Botchamania, you're not going to see too many Chikara spots. Yeah, it's not to the same degree that uh, that WCW is, for example. <laughs> Aww. Stop trying to stop Paul Bear. He's just helping. Why are there so many refs to stop him? <laughs> Get somebody on the on Ted. 
feel a little weird that like like Undertaker's all like when he's like a face like he's still like spooky. <laughs> yeah. And he's still ultimately like trying to collect souls. Yeah, like it's it's interesting. It's like when like Ultramanus's face. Yeah. Like it's it's like it kind of, like it works, but it's just kind of weird. Comma <laughs> looking to drive him into the coffin, face first. Face first into his own face. Into his own face. That's that's the ultimate insult right there. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, that doesn't help because the uh, casket's not even open, dude. <laughs> like you're gonna have to move Undertaker. Kama is not the uh, brightest crayon in the box here. Nope. <laughs> and a baseball slot like does he not realize the casket is not open yes uh, sliding him further onto the casket is not going to help him get off of the casket so you can open it <laughs> see this is what I'm talking about when when wrestlers are smart it, it makes me appreciate them but when they're doing stuff like this which I understand their spots and all of that but it just kind of... Feels makes, dumb. Yeah, like, it just makes Kama look like an idiot. <laughs> He's a meathead. Thinking is not his his forte. He's not, uh, he's not there to think. He's there to kick and punch. <laughs> yeah. And have interesting hair. <laughs> Does Kama... Kama doesn't realize now that this is not... You know, he can't get a pinfall on this. Yup. Again, they're just like, Kama dumb. <laughs> Kama dumb. <laughs> now he's trying to get take her to tap out. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> this is still not how this works. We just showed a close-up of the uh, the urn turned into the chain, so maybe we're gonna see that getting used. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see that. Maybe Kama's goal is to get Taker to pass out, so it's easier to get him into the casket. I think you're right. Is Paul Bearer dancing? Yes, a little bit, a little shimmy, little. Uh, that, that shimmy might have been premature, Paul. Your boy's almost passed out. Yeah, but he, he got Kama's legs off the rope, so that was good. That, that was worth a little shimmy. <laughs> Mini shimmy.
that's kind of a cool shot. Mm-hmm. But the fans are firmly behind the dead man. Oh, oh my. Uh, those are some emo kids. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't seen Earring Lady for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, she's not worth showing for this match. Yeah, maybe she had to use the restroom. Undertaker clasping the hands behind the the back of Kama. Into a big, almost back suplex. I am so bad at calling maneuvers. I've tried for years to learn them all, but there's so many names and so that's many o- variations. That's okay. You can provide the color. <laughs> and uh, I'll do the play-by-play. Kama whipping the Undertaker into the corner. His lifeless body. Oh, he's all tricksy. Playing possum over there. That is some good color. (laughs) He's all tricksy. Kama with the big right hand. Everybody's got to learn to to speak uh, Leith Gray speak. Yeah. We use terms like tricksy. Make references to My Little Pony. <laughs> exactly. Trixie is a pony. That is true. <laughs> oh. But they're oh. both in there. Oh, dear. Didn't realize there was a camera in there, too. Yeah. I think they showed that earlier, and I just, like, blinked on it. Casket cam. Yeah. I'm glad they switched from it, though, because I was like, this is some, some good TV right now. Yeah. Everything is black. Oh, they're, uh, the... Commas crawling out? You know, along with, like, the top of the lining. Yeah. I guess. That's very well-made casket. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. But the Undertaker's pulling him back. Dragging him back into the depths of the casket. Yeah, they did not adhere the top of the casket very well. Hey, Phil, what'd you use on the on the top of the lining? Eh, just some tape I had lying around. That'll be fine. I think scotch tape. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Kama going for a big swinging neck breaker. I love neck breakers. I don't know why. They always just look cool to me. <laughs> and it's like another one that I'm like, I can't do this myself, so I appreciate it more. <laughs> I always like uh, hangman neck breakers. That sort of like delayed neck breaker. I'd have to see it to know for sure. Goldust is, uh, has been known for doing one. The curtain call. Okay. Undertaker with the choke slam. 
Now, if I only did that into the casket, somehow that would have, you know, made right. a little more sense. <laughs> Taker's obviously a little out of it. He's a little out of it. They did get rid of the uh, the top part of the casket. It's no longer in there. It's out of their way. That's good. Fans are losing their their poop over this. Yeah, they are they are hecking into this. The tombstone pile driver to comma. And now we can just roll them on into the casket. Let's go. That's right. Get Paul, them on in there. That's right. <laughs> Paul Bearer shouting at the fans, like you see, I told you, my boy's gonna do it. What happened to Taker's goth fans? Um, well, comma done choke slammed one of them. Uh, like a they week tried before. to remember. Yeah. Oh, he's done. He's done. So that is it. He is done. Taker zone. wins, which is good because I think the the crowd would have just like lost their their minds if he somehow lost this much. <laughs> There's earrings, lady. Oh, she is back. Yeah, Mr. she was back for a second. Oh, yeah. See, there's the girl is also a Shawn Michaels fan. Yeah. I feel like she would fit in nowadays. Yeah. She could could potentially have been a time traveler. Could have been. That in fashion is cyclical, so. <laughs> right. It's always strange. Like, I went to Target, and I saw, like, pretty much my entire high school wardrobe was for sale. I was like, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I'm officially old. <laughs> right. Oh, man, look at that camera. It's a, it's it's a, a big fancy, old flash attached to it. Yeah. Fancy looking camera. We got uh, we got Bret Hart versus Isaac Yankum up next, I believe. That lady cannot take her eyes off of King. Nope. He's a she, handsome man. She got she got hard eyes right now. So you know. Jerry's uh, all pumped about getting his dentist out here. Oh, we're going to get to know the the story of Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler. So we get to see Jerry Lawler choke on his own feet again. Hooray! This is like one of the worst storylines ever. <laughs> I hate it so much. Oh, like, I can't way. imagine Bret Hart being thrilled with any of this. Because he's so, like, he always seems so serious business about everything. Like, I can't imagine him wanting to have any part of this, like, kind of, like, grotesque comedy matchup. Yeah. But he needed something like this because he needed somebody who could be sort of charismatic to play off. Mm-hmm. The music completely ruins... Like the 
the drama that they're trying to portray. Yeah, this is not a video package that you would want to use to promote this match. Yeah. <laughs> and video packages are so good. Yeah. It's just like thinking about them the other day. Like I always like to like go back and just like watch just like all the old ones. There's so many good ones. Right. This is not one of them. No, no. There's there's plenty out there. Again, if you you are not a major wrestling fan, just start looking up video packages because there's some mm. that will just get you pumped. Kane like, looks so weird as a blonde. <laughs> I hate that like sounds oh my gosh nightmare fuel right I love that he's coming to the ring wearing like the the dental like glasses alright Knoxville Tennessee this here's your mayor (laughs) and now his hair is not like platinum blonde it's closer maybe to like it's natural color yeah, I was going to say, it looks more natural, almost. Oh, I love the tooth sign. Dr. Brett says one sharpshooter a day will keep Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS away. Ugh, stop at the drills already. Ugh. Terrible. Kind of reminds me of, like, um... Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. And there's the sadist dentist. Yeah. Played by Steve Martin. Except not in the original. Yeah. I forget who it was. I th- who was it in the original? I don't know. But in the movie, it's Steve Martin. Yeah, there's a... There was like a... A non-musical movie that came out before. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. It, had, uh, it was like one of Jack Nicholson's first movies. I think he was yeah. like the, the masochist patient or whatever. That's possible. It was really good, too. Like, it's just a good story. I like how Brett doesn't have his sunglasses on all the way. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it seems uncomfortable. <laughs> that would, like, annoy me. You can't yeah. handle anything like on like the eyebrow like length like, like area. Why, why not just like pull them down or put them up? Yeah, I don't know. It's like he has like blinders on, like a horse. Yeah, it looks real weird. He's got to make sure that he's going he's going straight, and not getting distracted by by things in his peripheral. <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart's going to knock all his teeth out. Which is fine, because it looks like yeah. they're going to fall out anyway. Yeah. Brush, kids. Twice a day. And floss. And drinks plenty of milk. But not too much. But not too much. A healthy <laughs> amount. A normal amount. Yes. Don't go out and drink like a gallon a day, but drink some milk. Yeah, because all that, that fat isn't good for you either. Also that. <laughs> Do like two percent. That's that's better for you. <laughs> this portion of the show is brought to you by United Dairy Farmers. Oh, and if you can get your milk from like a local dairy, that's even better. Cause yeah. It usually tastes better too. Just kids, just go straight to the cow. No, don't do that. 
Don't mm-hmm. do that. No. <laughs> Get your milk pasteurized, please. <laughs> also that. <laughs> We're such experts here. We know everything about everything. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Milk Cast. <laughs> the but I, I grew up in an area where a lot of my uh, classmates and neighbors and stuff were dairy farmers. That's cool. <laughs> God, now I just want ice cream. Yeah. I might have to get some ice cream after this. The hitman will drill the dentist. Whoa, now. <laughs> Those are some curls. His hair is so beautiful. I just want to brush it. Like a pony. <laughs> uh, wrestle ponies. I would I'm very, watch that. I'm on theme today. Yeah. I, I would watch wrestle ponies. That would be pretty sweet. Like, what would their cutie marks be? <laughs> um, well, okay, Isaac Yankums would be, you know, a drill, right? A dentist drill. Bret Hart's would be, uh, you know, just that Bret Hart logo, the uh, heart and the skull and the wings. It's too logical. It's actually, like, way too easy because so many of these guys have their, like, logos. <laughs> I mean, Bret's kind of already got a cutie mark. He's got one, like, right there on his flank, right? Well, it's more on his butt, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, tomato, tomato. <laughs> now I'm, like, trying to picture Bret Hart as a pony. He'd be all, like, pink with, like, a black mane. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now somebody out there is going to start making custom WWE, like, My Little Ponies. I don't know... If they aren't already. Yeah, I don't know (laughs) who isn't already making that. That should be a thing. I would, like, buy all of them. Send us your (laughs) WrestlePonies at Machine at gmail.com, and we will absolutely post them on our Twitter. And credit you, of course. Have you seen Have you seen the My Little Pony movie? The one with the the mer ponies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got to see that in theaters. It was pretty good. Nice. I watched it on Hulu. On the Hulus. Yeah. We got it on uh, We got it on DVD. Very cool. Yeah. See, I, I grew up with My Little Ponies, but mine were the, the original, like, 80s ones. The original, like, not good ones. They were good for the time. <laughs> it, it was just a very different timeline. It's, it's like, it was more, like, the My Little Ponies of my era made more for, like, kids that were, like, pre-K to early elementary. Sure. Whereas, like, the My Little Ponies of today are made for a little bit of an older crowd, and apparently guys in their late teens to early 30s. 
Look, for reasons. Like, I mean, I was not into My Little Ponies at all until I met my wife and she got me into it. And See, that, that I can understand. Because, I mean, it, it, they have good stories, they're silly, they're funny, there's good music. And there's, it's all it's all very fun. And there's, like, all kinds of nerd references. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Dr. Hooves, you got uh, you got the Big Lebowski ponies, you know, it's, yep. it's a fun time. Because it's like, they know, it's one of those shows that knows that a lot of times the parents are going to be watching the shows with the kids, so they yeah. throw in stuff for the parents, too. So, check out My Little Ponies, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, this is the theme for SummerSlam. It's now, like, SummerSlam Ponyville version. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're in, you know, they're in Foley-Delphia. <laughs> except they're in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, except they're in Pittsburgh. Right? Uh, I don't I don't know what the uh, My Little Pony version of that is. <laughs> He's going for a backslide on Dr. Isaac Yankum. Just can't believe they were able to find scrubs in Kane's size. Yeah. Specially made scrubs. King cares about his friends. Aww. He's a good bad guy. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> that, like, looked and sounded painful. <laughs> yeah. Brett looks like he's having a bad time. So when does Isaac go away and then, like, his next gimmick start? I think we got, like, another two or three months of, uh, of Isaac Yankum. I wonder, like, like I guess he, he seems like he's, like, a good worker and just, like, a good dude to have around. He's obviously smart. Uh, Vince seems to be very fond of him. I mean, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. It's like everything I've always like heard about him from like like behind the scenes stuff and that is always really really good. Yeah, like as I'm, far as him interacting with other wrestlers and everything else, like you never hear like a bad thing about Kane. Yeah, I have heard that Kane is the is Vince's like most protected character, and he has a lot of say in that character specifically. Like he makes. Like checks all the dialogue and stuff, or at least he used to, mm -hmm. and make sure that everything is something that the character of Kane would say. It's like his baby almost. I could see that, uh, but I still think it was a mistake to unmask Kane and to put Kane in the corporation, like uh, not the corporation, the uh, the authority. Right. 
But I think it's 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 funny because I think it's just this thing with the character of Kane, and I don't know if it's Vince that makes the decision, but Kane's involved in almost every major storyline from the time he exists until current day. Yeah. So it's like that was the big storyline going on. So they almost it's like they had to find a way to put Kane in there. And I, like I said, like I don't know if that's like a, a Vince thing or if it just happens like it's like coincidence. But it's like he seems to be involved in like every every major storyline. Yeah. And a big clothesline to Brett out to the ring, uh, out to the outside of the ring rather. He just he did a, a tooth pulling taunt. The uh, the dentist version of the uh, slit the throat hand gesture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kid looked terrified. <laughs> Kids like hate dentists. Little dentist. kid in the the audience. He's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> Jerry Lawler getting in the face of Bret Hart. Because, of course. I like how King just said what Isaac was doing. That was weird. Like, not on, on purpose. Like, he's just stating what he would like to do, and then uh, Dr. Isaac just happened to be doing pretty much just that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. What's he going for? What's what's Isaac Yankum going for? Oh. That yeah, that's what I was expecting. I don't know what you would call it, because I'm bad at that. Sort of a guillotine leg drop? Going for a very slow double axe handle. Can't Several catch times. Him. Yeah. But a big clothesline to the back of the head. And Kane honestly looks pretty cool. Except um, for like the teeth. And the hair. The hair's so floofy though. It's only a slight mullet. <laughs> it's only it's only a partial mullet. But he is a very impressive figure. Brett with the the big right hands. Mm, Brett's had enough of this. There goes Isaac Yankum. I would I would dare say that Isaac Yankum is probably in some Nova pain right now. Huh? Whoa. Uh-huh. 
I'm terrible. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm great. I'm going to be here all night, folks. I mean, all morning. All morning. <laughs> Look, it's early. I'm tired. I've only had one cup of coffee so far. I've had. I no need at least cups three more coffee. to be functional. <laughs> Brett with the Russian leg sweep into the pin, but only for a two count. Anybody like uh, Razor Hawk levels of caffeinated? Some. And I'll still be tired. <laughs> some hashtag ca coffee. <laughs> also, our our thoughts and prayers are out there for Razor Hawk. I don't know why he's offline, but I hope he's okay. Yeah, he'll be fine. I'm telling you, he just flew south for the winter. It's all good. That's probably true. I mean, do <laughs> do cyber hawks fly south? I don't know. <laughs> he's going for the sharpshooter, but he's awfully close to the ropes. Oh, Jerry Lawler trying to make the save, and he does. And the ref's like, what are you doing, son? But he's still not stopping, like, anything. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why Yankum needed Lawler's help with that. He literally could have reached out and grabbed it himself. Shh. He was, he was, uh, just a little out of it, you know? He's in too much pain to do so. He landed on his feet. That was unexpected. <laughs> Considering he was so out of it just a second right. ago. <laughs> so out of it. Right into the steel steps. And a big high five. To the best patient in the world, Jerry Lawler. We're getting Couple more. stomps. Yeah. We get to see Earring Lady again. She's so fancy. So fancy. She must know someone for being front row and dressed the right. way she's dressed and all that. You don't go to wrestling shows dressed like that unless you're unless you know someone. That's true. Red Hart with the big red hands again. So many hands. So many hands. I don't know how many because they didn't even count. I guess the, the punches were too fast. They were pretty fast punches. Uh-oh. He's got him. What's he going to do here? Oh, no. Something that shouldn't be legal by any means. <laughs> Is this no DQ? What is, what is this? Nope. <laughs> so, uh, the ref is, like, literally watching him do this, and it's just like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> just, you can time up. That's, that's alright. I'm pretty sure he should have been disqualified. <laughs> yeah, he probably should have been disqualified. <laughs> but I think this is why he did it. So, he could go after... Jerry the King Lawler, the big fish. Who is definitely wearing his uh, in-ring gear yeah. under his jacket. But Isaac Ooh, Yankum is free. Back. 
Silly Brett. So I feel like I'm rooting for Kane here. I don't know why. You mean just cause Isaac I, I, I Yankum? Like, no, because I wouldn't root for Isaac Yankum. <laughs> I mean, that's who's in the ring. I don't know who this Kane person is. <sighs> All this time traveling gets a, gets me a little woozy sometimes. Gets a little Get hard to keep track of everybody. Get confused. But I don't like Dennis, but I do like Isaac Yankum. It's because he's a bad guy. Maybe it's just because I don't like Brett. Never been. I've never been a Brett Hart fan. Oh, I like Brett. He's okay. Oh no. Oh. Brett saw. Seems uncomfortable. Oh, now we get the the the, the bell and the disqualification. Is that what's happening? That just seems so uncomfortable. That's how Mick Foley lost an ear. Basically. Ugh, how do you get out of that? It's like freaking me out. <laughs> I don't like it. Because I've seen people get tangled up in the ropes and like, like legs and, and arms, but not so much head and neck. That just... Seems weird. Yeah. And I got everybody out there trying to, to help Brett get free. Yeah, that was that was a rough finish, man. Oh, I, I don't care for that one. <laughs> it was. It's like I can watch guys get like cut up and and bloodied. But can their head caught in the ropes? Not so much. Um, that that bothers me. It's a very dangerous spot. Indeed. Kane yelling at a fan. Alright, so Brett's all passed out from that harrowing experience. Yep, let's see if he needs some some help. Yeah. We got Jerry Briscoe. That kid has a weird haircut. Yeah, it was very, very 90s. Yeah. The shaved stripes in the side for no reason. <laughs> People like to do weird, weird hair stuff sometimes. Yeah. Trying to raise Brett's hand, but he doesn't want it. That that wouldn't be a, a win for Bret Hart. Yeah. He didn't he didn't make him tap. He didn't get the the count. Wasn't satisfying. Yeah. Got Razor Ramon in one of my mom's vests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> like he's supposed to be like this tough guy who oozes machismo, but he wears like clothes my mom would have worn. Like, <laughs> as an assistant teacher. <laughs> hey, Razor, where did you get that vest? What mom's closet did you raid? Did you raid for that vest? My guess would be Kmart. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. 
Эй-йо! That vest is bad. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. I can't wait for my wife to make a Razor Ramon wrestle buddy. I thought you were gonna say a Razor Ramon vest that you could like wear. Well, I mean, if what you're saying is to be believed, all I gotta do is hit your mom up for one. <laughs> I don't know if she still has any left. That was that was back in the day. Yeah, any any person st- would have been smart to get rid of those. Her style has changed slightly. <laughs> slightly. Alright, this is the SummerSlam ladder match. The first ladder match to be held at SummerSlam. That's how the song goes. (laughs) That dude in the tux to Razor's right has had a sign for every match. And there's the fireworks. Nobody gets that nowadays. Yeah. Oh, Razor looks kind of happy to be there. Is he the good bad guy? (laughs) He's the good bad guy. That always confuses me. I don't think I would want to touch his hair, though. Yeah. I feel like I'd have to, like, wash my hands immediately afterwards. Yeah, you would. Here comes Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, or as Doc Hendricks called him earlier, the evil Knievel of the Wrestling Federation. The World Wrestling Federation. There's earrings, lady. Yeah. Uh, This is some some fancy gear. digging, Digging the blue and silver. Yeah, it's not his usual color combination. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Usually goes for the red and white. So shiny. Now, I wonder what they made the vest out of. I was trying to see. There's little mirrors. Now, I feel like it's all stuff you could get at, like, like Joanne Fabrics or Michaels. Yeah. Now... I was listening to uh, something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard, and I believe it was a Shawn Michaels or Sonny episode, and they were talking about ring gear, right? And they talked about how, like, yeah, that does all come out of the wrestler's pocket, even in the WWE. Yeah, that's what I thought. That it was, it's kind of up to the wrestler to, yeah. to cover the costs of that. But it's also I don't know just, if they can write it off later on, like on yeah. their taxes or that. But, yeah. But, but it's also just really interesting, like, how much better the gear in WWE is compared to, you know, WCW, for example. Yeah, I mean, maybe WCW put forth some guidelines. Like, they're yeah. like, we don't want this overly flashy stuff. We want to be different. We want to... Because, I mean, WCW mainly tried to not do anything that WWE was doing. Yeah. That was kind of their whole... Thing. Like, WWE's doing this, we're going to do the opposite. 
So there might have been guidelines or that, too. You never know. Yeah. Now, the other interesting thing about this match is that's a brand new championship belt. That is a that is a brand new brand new championship belt. I think they would have made a bigger deal about it. Yeah. Doesn't feel like they did at any point that I remember from like watching the episodes or that either. Yeah, you know it's weird. We haven't seen any uh, critiques from uh, Dean Douglas. Yeah, it's been a while. They gave up on it already. <laughs> I like how they're hanging the belt from a single wire hoop earring. What are the, all the other dangly bits? Um, Just to add extra weight to it, or what? I don't know. So, uh, I mean, is this a, this is one of the first matches they've done like this, correct? Uh, this is the second. Yeah, I was going to say, first, it's not... Yeah, it would have been WrestleMania 10. Look how shiny it is. It's very... It, Emanating a green light for some reason. <laughs> like when it goes Sean's, around, everything looks very green. Sean's telling them they have to bring it back down because they ho- they hoisted it too high. <laughs> so before they can even get it started, Sean's got to tell them to like bring it bring it back down. There it goes. Yeah, there <laughs> they it lowered goes. it a bit. <laughs> That's it. It's going to stay right there. They, I think they put it on the thing the wrong way. I like how like... They, they're both looking up trying to figure out, is that the, is that the right height? <laughs> It's kind of interesting because in like this day and age, a lot of the fans wouldn't know that the wrestlers had any perception of these things or had any say or know about like the setups yeah. for all this stuff, you know. So it's kind of like I wonder what was like going through their minds when like a big, Michaels was telling them to lower it and stuff. Yeah. Couple big leapfrogs, almost uh, Razor almost ran right into some sweet chin music. Razor's like, "Uh uh-uh, too smart for that. Uh, I feel like everybody, you know, talks about Shawn Michaels when they talk about these matches, and nobody really talks about Razor. So it'll be interesting to see if, like, watching this kind of fresh for both of us, if this is... You know, if Razor's really all that forgettable. Right. Because I know, like, the first couple times I watched this and the first one, it was just, like... I... I, It didn't seem like Razor was even, like, there. Like, he was just there as an opponent for Shawn Michaels in addition to Shawn Michaels wrestling the latter. You could have filled that spot with anybody, is is kind of what you're saying. Right. Like, that's how it felt, like, the first couple watch-throughs. Like, Shawn Michaels is very, like, definitively on-brand as Shawn Michaels, but, like, Razor Ramon is kind of just there. 
Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing sort of memorable. It's more like he was the one willing to do this type of match. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't have the same kind of uh, relationship with the latter that Michaels yeah. did, if you will. It's like Michaels definitely utilized the latter to a greater extent from what I remember. He really made it like a true ladder match as to like what we yeah. now think of as a ladder match. Yeah, and his razor seemed a little more cautious. Yeah, well, and that's fair. I mean, you come down off that thing wrong. Ah, oh, that looked ouch. awful. Is that a big old bottle of Heinz right there? What is that? A fire extinguisher? Is that a fire extinguisher? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, now I can see the hose sticking out back. But yeah, that looked nasty. Yeah, he definitely hit his leg on the barricade. Yeah, and that like that kind of impact is just you're gonna feel that through your whole leg. Yeah, because there's no way you're you're missing a nerve. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those that'll that'll tingle. Yeah, and here we go. We get another sort of replay slow motion. Yeah, you can see his leg going down right on top of it. It's not one that I would think would necessarily be like, oh, it's going to injure it, but you're going to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to feel feel it for a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of one of the, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's kind of like a stinger kind of pain. Like, you just kind of have to wait for things to stop tingling. Mm-hmm. But then you're in a wrestling match, so you can't. Yeah. You just got to work through the tingles. Yeah. Yeah, and and to Razor's credit, like like I was saying, like I don't blame him for wanting to be cautious because you know you could come down off that ladder. I mean, just it's so easy for something to go wrong up there. Like I don't even like getting on ladders. Yeah, no, I I this is not a match type I would ever ever want to do in a million years. Like even if I was well trained. Yeah, like my I've, fear of heights is just too yeah. too great. <laughs> I, I have suffered from vertigo before, uh-huh. and it's, I, I just, I can't, ladders just make me uncomfortable. Oh, they're doing so many big spots already without even getting the ladder in the ring. They're going to destroy this, this show. <laughs> the really crazy thing is some of the stuff I had to do when I did custodial work. Like, I had to get up on a ladder and get onto a roof and bring that ladder up after I got up there, use that and another ladder on top of it, right, Uh, to get up to to the last part of the roof. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) I've been like, hire hire someone else. The the things you do for a paycheck. Here's Psycho Sid looking on. I've always been very anti uh, risking my life for a paycheck. <laughs> There'd be like super slushy snow, and like our store wouldn't close. I'd be like, "Yeah, I am not coming in. <laughs> like, you can fire me. I don't care." <laughs> yeah. So we can see there that as Sean was going for that baseball slide, Razor threw the ladder out of the way. So that the ladder, yeah, at this point, the ladder has not been used as a weapon. It's 
pretty much just been brought in, so we'll see yeah. how this goes. Uh, so I guess basically the idea is that you can't hit them with it. Right. But you can knock them over when they're on it is right. fine. Oh, but oh, it was an accident. You didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't count. That was uh, that's something that's a little bit of a gray area. You could argue that that was that was accidental. Yeah, he unintentionally swung swung the ladder into him because he he didn't see him there. Oh my, oh my! We're seeing it's a, it's a full moon tonight. Mm-hmm. The amount of times we've seen Shawn Michaels' butt. <laughs> oh, oh, that looked awful. Ooh. That is the exact wrong way to come down a ladder. And what's that just like sitting in the ring? I think that's... Is that the bottom of the one of the rungs? Like the very bottom came off or something? No. I thought maybe it was one of those rubber stoppers. Yeah. I can't tell. Uh-oh. But it's like still caught inside the ladder. Oh, no. So I guess this doesn't count either. I guess it just full on hitting somebody with it like it's like a bat. I don't know. Yeah, like you could argue that he's not using the ladder as a weapon. Sean is trapped in the ladder. And he's just jumping on top of it. Yeah. Fun. So that's different than like hitting somebody with the ladder. Right. And that those are two completely different actions. My knee hurts just watching this. Yes. <laughs> like, there's no way that doesn't hurt. Be as controlled as you want to be, but that's still going to hurt. Now, see, again, it could be argued that that was not intentional. Ooh. That looked bad. Legs are gonna be aching tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, see, this is something you can't do at home because you don't have a ring. Yeah, exactly. Necessarily. <laughs> I'm sure some people have wrestling rings in their houses. And to them I say, I'm jealous. I've always wanted that, that wrestling ring bed. Yeah. I keep trying That's to talk one. I keep trying to talk the wife into that and she's not having that. Aw. That's I a know. shame. I'd like jump off the top rope and elbow drop my, my pillow like every <laughs> night before bed. That's how, you, that's how you how you go to how you go to bed. Yeah. 
Oh, this is great. So I'm on the Twitters, and somebody just posted a photo of a uh, bakery or deli called Hunters of Helmsley. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to be retweeting that on uh, on the Wrestling Time Machine right now. But Shawn Michaels is having a bad time, everybody. Maybe that's why he stopped wearing the blue. Those are not lucky tights. Those are leg injury tights. Right? Razor with the ring psychology. Always good to see. It makes such a huge difference to me. Like, I don't care. Like, it's just, it's so much more, makes everything so much more believable when the the other wrestler is smart and, and like, using strategies that make sense. Mm-hmm. Like it drives me nuts when like there you you as a fan see the potential for the ring psychology, but the wrestler doesn't. Right. Uh-oh. It's like so frustrating. My knee is now throbbing. Like, no. <laughs> I can't handle it even looking at this. <laughs> now, if anything, he's going to have to, like, hobble up that ladder. He's going to have to hobble. Interesting angle. I'm getting artsy over here. Yeah, I think that's the same angle that gave us a close-up of Jerry Briscoe's backside earlier. <laughs> oh, what is sometimes referred to as, I believe, an Indian death lock right there. Uh, Triple H has used that move a lot. Okay, that's not the Indian Deathlock. My mistake. Razor Ramon getting the ladder. He's setting it up. I think he's ready. I think he's ready to get that belt. How's your knee feeling? <laughs> oh, what's Michaels doing? Oh, God. <laughs> Shawn Michaels with a big double axe handle. Top rope to the ladder on a bad knee that has been battered this entire time. <laughs> right. Like, every chance that that Razor can get to, to hit Michael's knee, he has. He's got Sean up for... Oh, went for the scoop slam, but he just shoved Razor into the ladder. 
You know, Razor has not wrestled a bad match here. Mm-mm. I, I think maybe the reason Razor is, you know, sort of like, not necessarily dismissed, but not like relied on as heavily as Shawn Michaels when these conversations come up about these early ladder matches, is he's not, he's never been as flashy a wrestler as Shawn. Right. He's a little bit more of a power wrestler. You know, nothing Razor's done has been that, especially, like, this one in particular with all the the leg work and everything, like... Yeah, like, there's... He's doing everything the way he should be. Yeah, there are there is solid, like, ring psychology here. Oh no, he folded the ladder up. Michaels just has that ability to just make himself so, like, memorable in, like, everything he does. It's pretty amazing, especially in this time period, the fact that he is the size and build that he is, that he has achieved what he has achieved. Right. And nobody thinks of him even as, like, an underdog. Like, that's not... He's just... He's equal to all of these, like, giants. Yeah, he's sort of on equal footing with everybody. And, like, you don't really think of it as, like, oh, he's so small. But back in the day, like, you would not have seen another wrestler built like him that wasn't booked as, like, a cruiserweight or... You know what I mean? Like, like, one, two, three kid being the other exception to that rule. But, like, you just don't see these, like, smaller build guys everybody's like ginormous back in this era i think honestly if if michaels came out today with all the the wrestlers being more mixed as far as sizes and stuff. I think he would still stand out just because of who he is and how he is. It's just like some some part of him that like yeah has that like charisma plus. He's maxed out on charisma. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he was around today, he would probably be in the the Dolph Ziggler spot. I don't know. I think he would still be top guy. I, I think he just has that ability to like push beyond what everyone expects of him. He has that that whatever extra you need that that it factor to get there. Yeah, because I mean, like, I think one of the reasons Dolph always gets stuck where he is is because he refuses to transform past being this, like, HBK fanboy. Mm. He's not doing enough to be himself. Right. Like, I don't know what a Dolph Ziggler is. Yeah. 
Like, Jericho was a HBK fanboy, but he pushed past that and became Jericho. Yeah. And then you have the fact that Dolph, as great as he is, and he is super talented, like, he's super injury prone. Right. And That's always problematic. Yeah, and that just means that, like, the people in charge are going to be really doubtful about wanting to do anything big with them because we we can't do anything big with them if, you know, he's going to be injured two weeks into the story. Mm-hmm. In addition to just being out of the, the public's eye for so long, you kind of, right. like, forget people to an extent. Like, I think there's very few exceptions to that rule, too. Yeah. Like, some people will disappear, and most people will be like, oh, yeah, what happened to them? I totally forgot they were there. And then there will be, like, somebody like Daniel Bryan who retires, and you're just like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I feel like like it, they could have made it such a, a even bigger deal when he returned to the in-ring action. Yeah. But... Again, I'm not really watching the product consistently enough to know how things are going with any of that. I, I catch the the major pay-per-views, but that's about it. So Razor trying to get back into the ring. And that just looked really painful. But there's a roll of tape under the ring. Mm-hmm. Right by oh, Razor's foot. You see a kid's touching the ladder? I mean, like, I, I would. I did it. I did it. I touched the ladder. It's always such an interesting thing, like, like the need to, like, touch the people and touch the wrestlers. Like, somehow that makes it more real or something. It's, uh, you know, it's the, uh, it's the Patrick thing from, uh, from Spongebob. Come back, Jeffrey, I have to touch you! It's always so weird to me, because I tried not to touch people. (laughs) Look, there are two types of people when you go into a store. There's, you know, like you said, like you... You don't try to tr- touch people or or touch anything. But me, when I'm in a store, if I see something that says, try me, I'm absolutely going to push that button. Oh, well, yeah, that you got to do. Right? But, like, when it comes to, like, like wrestling shows, like, I'm not going to be high-fiving you. Yeah. I had to, uh, they, at the show last night, um, they, they served Juan Francisco around the, the little arena, the, the VFW. And I just happened to be in a position where I had to touch him. Yeah. Because it was either that or just have him, like, hit me in the head. So, uh-huh. <laughs> I, like, immediately was, like, grabbing my hand sanitizer. <laughs> like, I felt bad. But he was, like, all, like, sweaty. Yeah. I'm like, I don't I don't want this, like, man sweat on my hands while I'm trying to watch this show. But, like, my wife hates taking me places. Because if there's something that says try me... I'm going to press the button. And I'm not just going to press it on one or two things. 
I'm going to press it on, like, all the things. Yeah, but you have to. Yeah, like you have the, to. That's a rule. <laughs> it says try me. You're just doing what you're told, man. It's fine. <laughs> We've got car stuff we're going to be doing today. And then I'm not sure what else we got going on today. With it being Sweetie's Day, I don't know what we're doing. But, I uh, think we're just getting Halloween costumes, and then we have a Halloween party to go to. It's supposed to be rainy and gross today. What are you going as for Halloween? Oh, I'm just doing, like, like Tomb Raider, like Laura Croft, because I, I don't actually have to buy anything. <laughs> That's that's not bad. <laughs> I was like, this is, it's going to be like alternate costume Laura Croft with blue hair, but that's fine. Yvette and I are working on some, some costumes ourselves. Not necessarily for Halloween, but just for like conventions, like shows and stuff. Halloween's oh, nice. always a good time to like try to get that stuff. Right, of course. It's just we got double ladders. Double ladders. Two ladders. This is going to work because they're in two totally different positions. So who, how, what? <laughs> now, like, I don't think either one of them is like actually under it. Oh, that. See, this down. is this is real interesting. Sean hits the sweet chin music, and then goes to get the belt and misses. Yeah, he jumped off of his ladder to try and like grab the belt. It's like that's not gonna work. <laughs> Especially with his horribly injured knee, right? Mm-hmm. That was a fun spot, though. Got the crowd going. Sean oh, tosses him out of the ring. He's donezo. He's donezo. He's, like, barely breathing. Just chilling out there, taking a nap. Now, if this was, like, one of the bigger ladder matches, this would mean that Michaels was probably not going to get it because he's taking right. forever. But now, I don't know with it just being the two people. Now, there's... Why can't, why can't he get it? It's because it's a new belt. Because it's a new belt, like, it didn't just come unclasped. This is, like, so, like... Oh, uh, I wonder what like the like if that's how it's supposed to go. No, it was not. He was supposed to get the belt at that point. Okay, because I was like, that seems so weird. I think he was actually supposed to get it after the Sweet Chen music. But it didn't come down. Y yeah. He like couldn't get a hold of it. But it kind of added more suspense because yeah. Razor was starting to get up and like head towards the ring. So I feel like it worked out in the long run, even though it, nowadays we we know that's not how it was supposed to yeah. go down. Sportsmanship, friends. I dare say that was too sweet. Mwah, mwah. 
So that was a pretty good match. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, especially when you're talking this era compared to half the stuff we have seen so far. Yeah. That that was definitely up there. And this is like this is good because like we don't really think of like WCW ladder matches or big matches like this like at all. At least as far as I know. Mhm. WCW's do- like just weird gimmick matches that yeah. they would make rules for and then break them as they're doing them. That little girl's got some Shawn Michaels glasses. Oh, here we go. Oh, he's going to define bad for us. Thank goodness, because I am so confused by this. (laughs) Bad is good. It's failure to reach an acceptable standard. So basically, he's saying Razor sucks. Yes. Saying bad means good. Got it. Yes. Oh, the bad guy's not having it. All you're doing is talking, man. Is Dean Douglas starting his, his feuding off with Razor Ramon? He's all bluff and no stuff. He's like an empty Oreo. God, no, for real. I might have to get some ice cream today. (laughs) It's so random. No, no, no. Oh, oh, God. Mm. So mad. About being attacked. God, I would hate to be the match after the ladder match. Oh my goodness. That's a rough spot. (laughs) Like, basically, if I was on any card and had to do any performance after Shawn Michaels, I'd be like, no, man, no, I don't want to do it. You'd have to, like, really push it to, like, stand out at this point. God, these poor guys having to carry Mabel always look like they're just, like, going to die. Well, I mean, to be fair, Mabel a big dude. Yeah, just look at their faces, man. I think that's Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. And they have four guys carrying him this time? Yeah. Dang. That's impressive. Diesel's all pumped up. 
Diesel's going to get medieval on you. So not the flamethrowers and the apocalypse. No. Because Big Daddy Cool is like a knight? No. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. That's a pretty cool diesel sign. Yeah, there have been a lot of, like, decent signs, like, with, like, people drawing them. I guess that's what, what you used to do before the days of the interwebs and just posting stuff. Yeah. So, I think it's fair to say that Diesel probably isn't going to get him up for the jackknife. Do we think that's a fair, fair prediction? No, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to happen, man. If I was a betting person, and I am not, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, he's totally going to do it. Mabel with the crown. No, he is king. He is king. He doesn't even have Sir Mo out with him. Well, we knew that Mo was done with the pay-per-views, right? Yeah. I think we said that. Like, the last one was his mm. last one. Diesel is gigantic, but he's no match for a big shoulder from Mabel. The streamers on Mabel's like sleeves just seem unnecessary. Right? Like, there either needs to be, like, more of them or, like, less of them. It's, like, an odd... It just looks odd. I don't know. It's bothering me. <laughs> I don't know. The purple and gold just do not look good on Mabel. They're very traditional, like, royal colors. Could have done, like, the, the green and gold or green and silver or something, too. Yeah. usually think royalty it's like what like purple and gold mm -hmm. what is that guy in the back holy crap there's like a ghost zombie in the audience yeah they it uh scared the crap out of me <laughs> they uh they showed that dude during the undertaker match okay i yeah. did not notice it before oh. 
Uh, like like precursor to like pop emeritus or some something. something. <laughs> <laughs> Diesel trying to take the big man down with a series of clotheslines. Is he gonna get him? Yep. Mabel to the outside. Through the through the ropes. Does the lady have a different hat on now? I swear her hat was all white before. That was like mm. black and silver. <laughs> and we got uh, Diesel. Looks like he's maybe... What's he going to do here? I don't know. I don't know. Is that Mo on the outside? That Where? looked like Mo for a minute. In the black. Uh, yeah. No, I think it is. They just didn't really mention him. Yeah. And he's not really, like, coordinated with Mabel like he usually is. Yeah, they seem like they're changing Moe's whole, like, gimmick, and then they just gave up. Because he was getting a little more, like, serious business the last couple times you see him. Yeah, ooh. Like, more like, I don't know, like, gangster or something. Yeah, Diesel whiffed pretty hard into the uh, into the turnbuckle on the outside. Pink shirt yelling something at him. I think that pink shirt guy we've seen him before. Probably. I feel like it we saw like him it, at the last in your house. There's seems to be a lot of like repeats of fans. Yeah. Especially when they like hit certain areas. Some weird camera angles. Yeah, I think that's Sir Mo on the outside. That would make sense. It's just it's odd that they didn't really make any yeah mention, mention of them. yeah at all. Diesel. Like they're already trying to phase him out. Yeah. Diesel with some big knees. Wonder if we'll be able to pinpoint when Mabel does what he's not supposed to do. Yeah, probably. Probably Ow. right there. That was probably it. I wonder how he does control, like, how much pressure he puts on somebody. Mm. It's a hard thing to, to kind of control gravity to an extent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't know if he has to, like, land a certain way or if, like, you land, like, more... Like, I know sometimes if you land more on your knees, it'll... It'll sort of, like, balance out. Yeah, because it'll look like you're you're putting your weight on the person, but you're really putting it on yourself. Yeah, you're really distributing the weight so it's all on your knees. Right. But that was probably it. That was probably the spot. Yeah, because I don't see how he could have uh, not put his full weight in that position. Yeah. 
like the way he did it. What is Sir Mo doing? They don't need a distraction. Oh, ref bump. Ref bump. But he went he for like the a splash. Ref bump though it was weird. Yeah. Went for the senton splash and missed. Diesel trying to gather his energy. Sorry, everybody. We're tired. We're very tired. <laughs> but I think we're, we're having a good time. Night, yeah. So. <laughs> Went to bed quite a bit past my bedtime. And then woke up only a little bit later than I normally would. Lex Luger. Luger. What's he up to? Well, remember, I... British Bulldog turned heel. Right, right. So maybe Lex Luger, maybe the original plan before Luger jumped ship was uh, he was going to be part of that, part of Camp Cornette with the British know. Bulldog. We, something we should probably research, because it seemed odd that he would just come out and attack yeah. Diesel, right? Yeah. Like, I did see that correctly. <laughs> And it's funny, because, like, Luger's leaving after this, y'all. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. And now he's attacking Mo. So maybe he was meaning to help Diesel, but it just didn't appear that way? Yeah. That was very confusing. So he... He came in and then eventually just got rid of Mo. It was basically his job. Yeah. Get Mo out of there so he's not a determining factor. Now, I can't imagine that they would want... That Mabel would win this. But I could be wrong. Somebody just threw a can in the ring? Something. Um, I mean, it's definitely flat now. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a an empty beverage cup, maybe. God, could you imagine somebody that's 568 pounds landing on you with all their weight? Right. I mean, that would be unpleasant at any size. Pretty much. Jeebus. It's <laughs> a pretty good bump. Oh, it's on. Oh, nope. Like, is what's going on on the rope? Yep. No, it didn't. And there's Diesel with the wind. Wah, 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 wah. So there it is. Diesel is your WWF champion and the leader of the new generation. We say goodbye to Lex Luger. We almost say goodbye to King Mabel, but he manages to uh, stick around. To be saved, yeah.
He sticks around for quite a while. And he goes away and comes back, I believe. Yeah. At some point. So here we go. WWF SummerSlam is in the books. And everybody, if you're listening to this, again, our next guest is going to be Nick Bartley of the WWF Figure Retrospective. So if you've got favorite memories of some of your old wrestling action figures, favorite uh, toys, rings, sets, etc., please email the show at Machine at gmail.com because... We want to hear from you, and we look forward to it. And if you email us, we will read your emails live on the show. And if you want to, like, send in pictures of your collections, do that. We'll retweet and yeah, post those as well. Absolutely. That's cool. always fun to see. Yeah, man. We want to see your collections. So send those in to us, and we will retweet those and, and you know, uh, credit you on the Twitters. And don't forget to check out our Kofi, and that's Kofi.com forward slash The Wrestling Time Machine. Uh, donations are appreciated, and you can also support the show for free just by giving us a review on iTunes, checking us out on Facebook, sharing things on Twitter. That is a great free way to support the show. Don't forget to check out EvetMakesThings.com for cool wrestle buddies and comics and dream catchers and jewelry and badges. And Leith, where can people find you? I'm at Pariah underscore Lane on Twitter and a whole bunch of other stuff. But mostly uh, just spend all your money at Cobalt6.com. Yes. And <laughs> check out Excellence Professional Wrestling. And check out the Wrestling Time Machine. You can follow us on Tumblr as well. Don't forget to check out nerdfixstrangers.com forward slash listen for the other shows that we do, Nerdfix Strangers and uh, Pokemon Mind and Body. And you can also follow me on Twitter at SpaceKingBobby and on Tumblr at SpaceKingBobby'sBlog. So check that all out. And I think with that, everybody, I think we can say good day. Have a great, uh, have a great Sweeties Day. And uh, you know, do romantical things out there with your with your loved one. Have a good night. This is a really long goodbye. Yeah. But whatever. Like we don't we don't want to leave you guys. Yeah. We're gonna miss you. And I just found like a custom Doink Hasbro figure that I just retweeted for Leah. Oh, great. So you're welcome <laughs> for that. Thanks. So, uh, goodbye, everybody. See you later.